on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick are ready to dive into the excellent second episode of The Book of Boba Fett, and we'll break it down from start to finish while also speculating on what will happen next. They'll then talk about a few new quotes from Tamara Morrison on the show's upcoming wow moments, as well as a gunship slip that he made making the interview rounds. They'll also discuss the episode that Dave Filoni had a hand in creating and what that may mean in terms of infusing lore or a big character reveal. There's also a Star Wars in 2022 roadmap leak to hear about and some new ways to play Knights of the Old Republic. Of course, the show will end with this week's fan segment featuring responses to the question of the week and this week's stable of top five Star Wars featured artists. Punch it, Chewie! everybody it's matt it's nick and we're back to blow out your ears and your speakers because that's how we roll at the star wars time show so you know like i said welcome back to the star wars time show we're here we're ready to talk some boba fett a whole bunch of boba fett actually because you got you know tem and ming ming na they're still out there promoting it for some reason i don't know why I guess it's in the contract, <laughs> but they're out there, you know, dropping spoilers left and right, or at least Tem is, and Ming Na's knocking them out. So uh, it's going to be another Boba centric type of type of show, and uh, that's probably going to be the case uh, through mid February as we continue to be exposed to the man's book. Uh, speaking of the book, uh, our, our first main topic, and we'll, we'll get there in a second, but it, obviously it's going to be the now infamous if not should be patented Star Wars time show breakdown of a Star Wars show. I think we do one of the best jobs on the planet. I, I, I like the incoherent discussion we have sometimes and, and the tangents that come up that make no sense. But, you know, that's why people listen to us, or at least the, yeah. <laughs> the tiny sliver of Star Wars fans that listen to us. Uh, but we do appreciate Twice. it. There, there, there's a couple fans. Uh, I know SW Props was one. Uh, and I see this a lot, and and because I am a, a narcissistic asshole, I, I do tend to get jealous and angry when I see other accounts that, that we know are friends of the show that, you know, they're promoting like, oh, I love this podcast, they're the best podcast ever, and I'm like, hey, they've never done that for us, those fuckheads, and and then, you know, I, I we saw SW Props, he gave us a nice one, a nice shout out, and I think there was one other uh, maybe 529J and, you know, Tones is always promoting. So trust me, that stuff does not go unnoticed. And as I've always uh, preached in the past, that's all I care about. I, I just, I just want to know people, people like us, people think it, <laughs> people think it, you know, people, Nick, people like us enough to actually go out on a limb and post on their social networks. Like I'm not embarrassed to like this show. I like the loud short guy that pisses me off sometimes with his stupid hot takes. I like the guy that looks like he has a drinking problem at, at 1 p.m. <laughs> during the weekdays. Uh, so appreciate you guys and girls, hopefully some girls out there, uh, just spreading the love. Like I said, man, that goes a long way. It makes me feel like, you know what, I'm not fucking wasting my time doing this every week, prepping for it in the Discord, chatting with fans, which, by the way, People are, are, are more than welcome to join our, our Discord. We have a wide open invite link in our Instagram 
uh, link tree. So, so check it out. But thanks to those that did honor the show. And if you have not, and you've been, been honoring other podcasts, you know what to do. Get with the fucking program. You're going to honor all these other, you know, happy go lucky podcasts. Why not? Why not bring up the, the more eclectic take on a Star Wars fan podcast. I think that comes from one of our reviews, a, a more eclectic Star Wars podcast. Like I said, we, we are a podcast for a more uncivilized age, okay? All right, dude, um, not much going on, but I'll tell you what. I'm talking like gaming, all that. I just playing old games back to Mass yeah. Effect 3, might as well, why not? Just getting ready for, you know, the new slate of games coming in. Uh, I'm waiting on Nick to find me a refresher of Horizon Zero Dawn 1. If there's anyone out there that that has a good one, send us the link because we both decided, you know what? Uh, The game came out in 2017. (laughs) We've played a lot of games that came out since then and the the technical aspects of it, not so much the visuals, but the gameplay, they they just don't hold up to some modern games. So we're going to sit Horizon Zero Dawn 1 out and we're going to... Uh, hopefully find something that lets us know what the fuck happened in the game so we're ready for the second one when it comes out. Yeah. I'm but sure I- that like around the release window for two, we'll get a bunch of fucking YouTube people are like, here's where we are now, you know, before Horizon Zero Dawn 2, catch up on everything that happened in, in one. So uh, I'll start looking around that time. But yeah, I, I so I finished Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. And I got to say that like, I don't really pay attention to game award shows and shit like that. Now, like I hear about it like tangentially through like stuff that I watch or like people, you know, streamers that I watch stuff like that. Apparently like ratchet and clank wasn't even nominated for game of the year. And like, I didn't grant Like I haven't played, you know, a ton of games this year, but like that game was from beginning to end. Fantastic! Like there is nothing that I would change about how the game functioned. I mean, Nick, it's one of the, is it the only, it's like the only true next gen console game out, right? There were, so I think the, that one game Godfall, I think uh, that's only yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. but that, but that yeah, game is right. awful. That's right. actually, I, I felt bad because I got that game when it released. Yeah. I remember you like, it, it was a pile of shit. Yeah, it, it, it was really not good. So um, I think that was like a PS5 only at the time and they've since ported it to PS4 or like did a demaster uh, to right. PS4 or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like that game, the visuals are incredible. The story's incredible. The humor in the game is fantastic. Like some of the innovations that they've done to it, like being able to like essentially like pull levels to you instead of like, Oh, in other games, like you grapple and you swing across to like this side of the map. Yeah. Like you actually pull the maps to you. I um, do have it. I, I, maybe, maybe I should, uh, nah, fuck it. I, I've been in, I, I'm not going to let you make me feel bad about playing mass effect again for like the 30th time. No, no, it's, uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you might as well, I, I fired up three, you know, I'm working my way through that, trying to decide who I want to have sex with. I mean, that, that's really my, the main reason I like playing the mass effect games. <laughs> I, I still like, I'm a creep. Like these, these games are old. They still look pretty damn good. But the only thing I'm thinking about while playing mass effect is wh- which one of these alien girls or earthling women am I going to try yeah. to Mac on? This time, because uh, I think in, in my replay here, Emmy won, I banged uh, Laura Tassoni. 
In ME2, I banged her again early on because we had that that previous relationship, but then she kind of goes away to be the shadow broker. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get me some Miranda Lawson action. So I went ahead and, <laughs> you know, played hide the hot dog with her. And now in Mass Effect 3, I already told Laura to go fuck off, essentially. She's like, hey, you know, kind of had this thing. I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of want to play the field. So I'm deciding <laughs> who I want to bang in Mass Effect 3. Is it going to, I'm going to try to bang Jessica Chobot's character because I think you can do her just as like a fling. Who is that, uh, the reporter? Yeah, yeah. You bring her like yeah. she's an embedded reporter on the yeah. Normandy. Um, so I don't know, like I've already obviously closed the door on to Sony. Uh, I have an option, I think to bang Miranda again, cause I banged her in, in the second one, but it's like, you know what? I've already been there. I might want to see, see something else, like some, some other digital skin, if you will. And by skin, it's literally like their, you might see like their belly button. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so old and sexually depraved at this point in time. Like this stuff is, is getting me chubbed up while I'm playing. I'm like, oh, what should I do? What should I say to Lori? Like, I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I also don't want to bang her this time. So yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Ratchet and Clank will probably be next then based on your recommendation. And like I said, it's the only one that was... <laughs> Purely built for next gen. I, I, I mean, Halo Infinite wasn't even purely built for next gen. So uh, we're, we're still lacking those types of titles at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. And then I don't know if I like what I'm going to pick up next. I mean, now that I'm finished out, I'm still working through Halo Infinite. I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm close to the end, but I just like I like the last story thing I did was destroy the three AA guns. And oh yeah, you're, you're, up. you might have two or three hours left if you just keep doing missions. Really? Or, that's yeah. it? <laughs> Holy shit. No, that's why, like, if you don't go around and do a lot of the side stuff, I found like one, once you hit this one mission, unless you're it's willing to, to, to like fast travel, if even let you, yeah, you're, you're pretty much on an end game until it ends and it opens the world back up and you can go through and, get achievements for killing all the targets and all that shit. But yeah, uh, like I said, I, I love the game, but the, the story was just like, no, nah, I mean, I, I, I understand why they did it that way. I think it was, you know, it was, it was the, the, the cherry on top for the soft reboot of the franchise and to kind of potentially set up chief and his new AI for further adventures. But it, it's like, eh, that 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 was the lore here. I mean, they, they they tickle like some new lore, but 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 that's about it. I'll I'll let you yeah. experience it on your own. So I, I don't know. I might like outside of Ratchet and Clank. I, I am someone that tends to like to look at okay, what were people playing? Because as Nick said, I think we've both reached the ages and you know just life stage where you're not as in tuned with the gaming space. I know I'm not. And I used yeah. to be. I, I I was in it. I was in game journalism, if you call it that did all that fun stuff was always you know in the know these days i i don't even know what one game of the year i know it was like a a co-op title that was kind of mm, uh, you know yeah. played on your emotions and shit like that I, i'm sure i would it's, enjoy it but is it anything i want to play i don't know so yeah, if it's if it's co-op only too it's like it I is can't, <laughs> oh, well then i don't that. i don't know it, it what is it? it 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 takes two i think that's what it is yeah i, th I think that's the one that took it i it's think great. it is i think it is co-op only it looked neat. Like the idea looked neat, but it's definitely not, you know, like, a I mean, it's, one of the, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's like when journey won, like, exactly. Like I, I, it, I appreciate it, those types of games, yeah. but it's also just stuff that I'm not interested in playing. Right. High, high art type of stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I, I know, like, I've heard that Guardians of the Galaxy game is a fun play. I mean, that's, that's something what I might gonna, get into. I'm, I'm leaning towards that because I heard the story for that's actually really yeah. good, which is hard to believe for a game that they base off of, like, an existing Marvel property because usually those are pretty shitty. Um, right. So I was thinking about that, and then... Do you even um, know the roadmap for this year, though? Because we usually get at least one or two big titles in the spring. I'm guessing that's going to be Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Yeah, I would uh, imagine. But yeah, what's I, the I other one? No Eld- Elden Ring? Eld- uh, like, Elden Ring is, I'm not going to play that because yeah. I'm not interested in Soulsborne stuff. Um, and then, like, I mean, the the from what I've heard, like, oh, that's the game that George R. R. Martin worked on. And then, like, he did an interview. He's like, yeah, I, he's like, I worked on that game for, like, two weeks, like, four and a half years ago. So... Yeah. Like, yeah, like, sure. What, uh, It'll be great. Where where's that boy? Um where's Super Scoundrel? I saw Devin pop in here, but it's not our Devin. I wanna, I wanna Is talk it not to our him. Because apparently last week it was funny. Like prop you know, props was they're they're like best best buddies, right? And props was very clear in his fan question of the week response <laughs> and like some of the comments he left in the stream that he was not a fan of the Book of Boba S one E one. I guess to the point to like where him and, and Devin were having a little bit of beef. Devin's like, dude, just fucking calm down. Like I, you know, it sounds like Devin's, he loves all Star Wars, doesn't want to hear any, any negative critiques whatsoever. And so I, it's like, I, I saw some of their chat and, and, and uh, Justin's like, yeah, man, are you, are you going to watch the show today? Meaning our stupid show. Oh, there he is. And, and and he's like, yeah, well, what do they have to say? And and Justin's like, you know, they they were a bit critical about. It. He's like, yeah, I don't need to, I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, come on, we weren't. I didn't think we were shitting we on like, the book of we Boba. We didn't rip it down, but we were just saying, like, you know, some of the obvious <laughs> stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, there's that some was fair critiques, some some goofy you know. looking visuals, an old New Zealander running in a in like a in the volume looked a little weird. But hey, in the yeah. end, we we appreciate the setup. But I think. I think most people would agree they probably should have done a Hawkeye on the Book of Boba and dropped episode one and two, uh, because clearly the, the the second episode is what some of the angrier fans were looking for. And, you know, there's they're still fans that are angry, uh, my stunt buddy being one. I'm like, dude, what, what do you want anymore from Star Wars? Like, what... What was missing in that episode? Well, you know, the action... Okay, fine. All right. I know you're always going to have a critical eye towards action, but... In terms of the lore that was delivering, like, what do you want? Like, what what do these Star Wars fans want, Nick? Is it is it nothing but like tribal Boba just fucking crushing skulls in for fifty minutes? I mean, what I don't what's I don't going think on like here? the the reality of the fact with most Star Wars fans now that are like out there shitting on stuff is they couldn't they couldn't even make something on their own that they would like like yeah. they would. They would. It's like, odd. Like, like I don't, What do like, you want? Like, what do you Filoni, want from this series? <laughs> yeah. Like, Filoni would sit them down. He'd be like, "Okay, here, do whatever you want. Do just do whatever you want." And they would make it, and they would watch it, and they'd be like, "Man, this sucked." And it's just like, "Yeah, you're fucking." <laughs> they'd be like, retarded. whoever made That's this why. is an asshole, and the person would look at them incredulously, like, "You did. Uh, you're the <laughs> asshole, bro." And they'd be like, "No, yeah. fake news. <laughs> it's MSNBC." <laughs> um, yeah, so no, that, that was funny. Well, it's good to have the the, the wrenched Devin back in the uh, stream. Yeah. So thank you, good but, yeah, sir. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this I, episode though was. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm mean, not quite. Like I don't want to quite dive in there yet. I want to thank Devin for uh, pointing us to was that Vic Bazine or Vic Bazine, uh, yeah. new, new yeah. artist out there. He ripped off a pretty sweet looking uh, black robe Tuscan art piece last week. So. Uh, 
but the one thing I want to talk about before we go into the episode here, and I, I, I was, I committed to Nick that we wouldn't fuck off for this long again, but at the time's off because we actually went live before we started talking, so I don't feel too bad. But <laughs> how about that NFL Sunday? All right. I, I know not a lot of people who watch the show probably give two shits about sports. Uh, Nick and I were, were different like that, where, uh, you know, my, my passion for Star Wars is rivaled by my passion for sports and, and the teams I've been following my whole life. But I cannot remember a crazier final NFL Sunday. And mind you, this is the first year they had that extra week and you now have seven playoff teams, which I know the players hate. But after this last Sunday, my friend, I think Goodell and the owners had a great idea because that, that was some compelling ass football, some crazy scenarios played out. If you are a Steelers, San Diego, Las Vegas, or San Francisco fan, you had a hell of a Sunday. Like me, I lost years of my life. First, watching the Steelers go to overtime knowing that Jacksonville did their piece. Like Jacksonville had to beat the Colts, who were at one point in time close to the number one seed in the AFC. They did that. The Steelers had to go to Baltimore with old-ass Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Najee Harris gets taken out in the first half. They have to beat their rival. It goes to overtime. Big Ben is converting multiple three and longs. A fourth and long converts it. And they win, like, last second walk-off field goal. And then it comes down to that Sunday night game. No tie between San Diego and Las Vegas. I'm like, you know what? As someone that is pessimistic and glass half empty, I'm going to prepare for this, even though it's highly unlikely. Nick, do you know that since 1974, only 27 games have ended in a tie? I did All right? not. Those are the <laughs> odds going in that game. And what happens? That game goes to the final two seconds in overtime with them tied, and Las Vegas could have just kneeled it down, and they both still would have gotten the playoffs. But they kicked the field goal. It's a long one. It goes through. Steelers sneak in. What a fucking Sunday. The emotional roller coaster I was on was insane. San Francisco, they, they were down 17 points. Knicks team won, so San Francisco had to win their game. They come back and beat the Rams to get in. It was just, whoo. It was, a uh, an, like I said, one of the wildest final NFL Sundays I've ever, ever been a part uh, or ever witnessed not that i was at any of the games so yeah that's i it. couldn't I just... watch like being in texas like i don't know if the if this exists but like nfl sunday ticket just needs to have like individual team passes I, because dude, you're, you're you're preaching to the choir man yeah i mean it's it's ridiculous i mean and, and of course it's a money play they want you to pay for the whole thing but like, it's ridiculous that I live, I mean, I live eight hours from my hometown from New Orleans and I almost never get New Orleans Saints games on TV. Like even in this instance where it was the fucking three o'clock game and there's no Texas play, Texas teams playing in the three o'clock slot. You probably got the I Cowboys get, still though. I right? get fucking, but no, I get LA versus San Francisco. I'm like, that. Oh. this is West coast bullshit. Like, wow. I, and like. Granted, yeah, that game mattered for the Saints and stuff. So, like, my dad's watching the Saints game, and he's texting me updates, and I'm texting him updates about the Ram-San Francisco game. It was just trash. I mean, I don't know how I, Austin I, the only decides The only to- thing you can do, Nick, and I, I bet in your city it, it's a fail like mine, but it, you can go to DirecTV, and if you don't live in an area where you can actually get their satellite service— 
you can buy only the Sunday ticket. Like you don't have to get direct TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, you can do that like through like through PlayStation and stuff. You can do solely yeah. the the ticket and stuff too. My new workaround but, now is this YouTube TV and I use a, <laughs> a location oh, yeah, changer. V, yeah, VPN. Fucking, yeah. And I drop my YouTube TV device in Pittsburgh for for games I can't I can't see here. So, oh well. It was a crazy weekend. It looks like we, we do um we do have some other NFL fans in here, which is good. Then everyone understands like what that was. So, uh, we're getting the first ever what Monday Monday night playoff game coming up next weekend. Uh, we got uh, game Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, it's a holiday week for most people, so uh, we still got some football going. You know, Buckeyes fucked me over, but these shithead Steelers. Not that I'm expecting much, but it was nice to see the old man get one more crack at a playoff, even though he's a he's a shell of himself. Uh, you know, good person or not, as a Steelers fan, you got to respect what Ben Roethlisberger has done over the past 18 years. So um, it was good stuff. All right. Well, Nick, Book of Boba, S1E2, a.k.a. The Tribes of Tatooine. It's time for that iconic Star Wars time show breakdown. We're going to give it to you deep. We're going to give it to you hard, and we're going to give it to you rough. All right? (laughs) Uh, So as we usually do, if you're new here, Yes, you are right, uh, Brando. I, I, I've i gone full caveman. I, this is my last week off. I actually have to report Thursday and Friday for light duty work. Uh, but yeah, I'm going, I've got full neck beard and this is the thickest my beard's been since uh, the, the virus hit. My hair's a mess too. Like I, I take that off. I look like a clown, you know, <laughs> just like I got, I look like, I'm like, actually I have less hair than Dave Matthews, but that that's kind of the hairline I'm going for these days. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's good NFL talk. I'm glad there are people in here that actually give a shit about that stuff. So anyways, let's get to our man here. Book of Boba Fett, the mid thirties guy that looks like he's in his sixties. I I did do the calculation. (laughs) Boba Fett is in his mid thirties during these flashbacks. Challenge me. All right. He's 10 (laughs) at attack of the clones. So that puts him at 13 at the end of the clone wars. Right. So that puts him at 13 at the end of the clone wars, 14 at the most. You got 18 years before uh, Battle of Yavin, correct? So yeah. that's like 31-ish. Do, 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 how many years pass between A New Hope and Empire? Two, three, if that? Only, something like that? I think it's six. Yeah, so... I think it's six. It's that, not that, very it, much. So he's it, still in his 30s. Yeah, he's in his mid-30s during the ROTJ era, hence these flashbacks. And he would only Four. be in his early 40s in the present timeline, but we're not going to poke fun of Tempt. Hey! You're back. Hey, everyone. Look, the, the little Padawan is here as she has been showing up here on Tuesdays now to make an appearance. I think you're talking about the new Boba Fett thing. Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> See, there he is right there. We're going to tell what everyone what we thought about the episode and all that fun stuff. Okay? Okay. All right. Good we, to see you. We got some cakes. One cake was for the Feasles, and the second cake is for us. Just what daddy needs, cake. <laughs> cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, I'll see you in a little bit, okay? Okay. Love you, bud. Love you, too. Bye, daddy. See ya. <laughs> 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 so, is, you know, we're, we're professional over here. We have, uh, you know, it's, it's all right to have little interruptions from. And, and look at her. She came down and knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. The new Boba Fett show. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, she's actually yeah. been because we've gotten into playing card and board games and Yahtzee and all that stuff. And and, uh, you know, I'll be like, hey, what do you want to throw on the TV behind us? And and recently she's like, yeah, let's let's finally get into that Bad Batch. So we, we've been going through okay. Bad Batch again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she likes that. Animated stuff. Pretty yeah, colors. it's just it's like filler. And I really Nick at this point, I think it's more like I know that's what he wants to watch. So fuck it. I'll just <laughs> it's do like, it. yes, daddy, <laughs> we can watch Star it. Wars for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm the guy trying to force her to watch High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, she's like, dude, what's your problem? I want to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Dude, Taylor uh, made me watch all the uh, High School Musical stuff. I'm, so I'm digging it, man. I, I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I don't think we talked about this, but I became a major, like a huge Vanessa Hudgens fans this past holiday season watching her Princess Switch trilogy. So now oh, okay. I'm I'm going back and like watching Doing anything she's in. Yeah. I love it. Like I I mean High School Musical is terrible, but it it's like it's good to watch on a weekend. You know when you're drinking a beer, playing some games, it's good in the background. So, uh, yeah, Vanessa Hudgens for life. That that that's my yeah. new motto here. All right, man. There you go. Tribes of Tatooine. So uh, the way we usually do this, we kind of just, uh, we both uh, give our overall opinion of the episode. Then we'll get in into the nitty gritty, going through some of the eggs and references, and then key moments that may shed some light on future plot points. Um, so episode two, clearly more enjoyable, more entertaining, longer, deeper, you name it, than the first episode. The first episode truly was a a prologue just kind of like set up the pieces here's how he got out this is the adventure we're going to put him on you're going to have to watch how his time with the tuscans changes him into the uh, reformed wannabe crime lord in the present timeline so uh i i love the present timeline obviously you got some major major reveals here right we we uh Learned a bit more about the mayor and, you know, it, it, was he the one to send the night wind? Probably not. Uh, I love to play on the famous line from the Mandalorian, right? Bounty hunting's a complicated profession where the mayor's like uh, a crime lord is much more complicated than being a bounty hunter. Like that, that was yeah. definitely a, a purposeful line. Uh, but really, the, the the big moment for, for a lot of fans, the diehards out there, the comic book readers, the lore masters was the arrival of Santi or Black K or Black Kershatan. I can't say his name normally. Like, I have to do something when I say his name. Kershatan. Like, how do you say it? It's, it's spelled K-R-R-R-S-R-N-T-A-N, I think. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just say Kershatan, but I don't uh, know. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it, like I said, his, his nickname in the comics, Black K, uh, Santi, whatever. That was... Major, but Nick, I don't know if you remember, we talked about him potentially being linked to the Mandalorian season three, maybe a year ago, maybe yeah. a year ago at this point in time. So it was cool to see him show up here and it makes sense. I mean, him and Boba have a past, a canonized past through the comics uh, as as bounty hunters and kind of goons for Jabba the Hutt. I mean, uh, one of the more enjoyable Marvel comic book runs is when Jabba the Hutt, I think Jabba, uh, hires Santi and Boba to one to deal with this this guy in the Dune Sea fucking with shit, aka Obi Wan Kenobi, and the other one to find Luke Skywalker. So Boba goes after Luke. 
Black Santi goes after Kenobi. Him and Kenobi have a little bit of a tussle. That's why you saw that slash on Santi's face. So that yeah. that was just, I mean, that that's vintage Filoni coming through and be like, hey, John, why don't you, I know you're writing this episode, pal, but l- let's use this guy here. Fans will love it. Uh, seeing Huts for the first time in, in a Disney property was cool. Uh, but then the flashback, I, I know some people want to stick in the present, but man, that flashback was just fantastic. You can yeah. totally see now that our dances with wolves, last samurai, that that's all has come to fruition. Uh, he's clearly affected by this tribe. Uh, he, he wants to do right by them. He, he wants to help them. And that's clearly not the character that we first came to know in the original trilogy. So they're already having an impact on him. But I think through his spirit walk, you're also seeing his time in the Sarlacc pit greatly affected him too and who he wants yeah. to be and all this fun stuff. So for me, I, I thought this is one of the better live action uh, episodes of Star Wars we've, we've gotten. Uh, it had some of those oh shit moments that we were kind of complaining about that the first episode did not have. Uh, plus... Both timelines, I felt, uh, could kind of stand up to each other. They they both had yeah. shining moments like, oh, damn, I can, eh, I kind of see what may be happening here now. Syndicates, Pikes, Spice, you're messing with that. All right, maybe Crimson Dawn really is going to uh, be involved here. Uh, the, the the twins, it just, it, it was all good stuff. So uh, much more enjoyable to me, although it's not like I was uh, upset with episode one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think episode two, definitely stronger. I enjoyed the the past timeline a little bit more than the current, but they're like you said, they both kind of stand up on their own. And if you really wanted to make an episode that didn't require a time jump, you could probably tell a full 50 minute long episode in each, you know, in the past or in the present, and it'd still be a very good cohesive uh, episode. I think that like for for me, the reason that I like the past stuff more is, is like you you're finding out so much. That's like the lore heavy part of oh, it. Yeah. yeah, you're still getting some some new stuff in the you. in the current timeline, but the the past stuff is just it feeds into this character so much, and it gives you so much context that you needed, and that you can even apply like you can even apply it backwards. Like you can go back and say like, okay, well, seeing some of the experiences that he had post ROTJ. And, and stuff like that, you know, like being in the Starlack pit, you can still see like, okay, well, this, he must have not, you know, had to go through a lot of difficulty in his life prior to this. If, if this moment had this kind of effect on him, you could probably assume that he was a very comfortable person even after his father's death. And, and you know, once he started bounty hunting and that this, this one mishap here really fucked with his head. Oh yeah. Um, he, he, he wasn't a person that's used damaged. to failure. It, this yeah. guy's severely damned. You, you gotta remember, he was ten years old and he's orphaned. Nobody, yeah. like he had nobody. I mean, he he got at least based on the Clone Wars, he essentially got you know he he other bounty hunters eventually took him in, but you know one of the first things they did was put him on Mace Windu's ship to try and blow it up at thirteen years old. So yeah, yeah. he's 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 a uh, and, and we're seeing that like Nick said through through the flashbacks and uh, the the lizard SD trip he went on. Yeah. He's got major, major daddy issues, big time. So, sorry, Nick, yeah. go ahead. No, yeah. And 
props in the chat says they changed directors and DPs, so that's the reason. This I thought Nick, it was this was I mean, the like, um, this was this was her name, Steph Green. Remember, we, yeah. we talked about her being one of the new directors. Her and Kevin yeah. T. I'll just say Kevin T. Yeah, Thank and then uh, the DP is a, like uh, was a Dean Cuddy. He, he's I mean he's like that, famous for this shit. Every doesn't every director like bring in their own DP usually? I mean, I'm not sure how it works on shows, but I know that like usually at yeah, least you, on the yeah, film I mean, side of things. I, I actually got some insights by the way. A apparently, at least from the stunt side, when it crossed over to Robert kind of being in charge, there was a lot of change from the stunt teams that were being used for Mandalorian. Um, yeah, Lat like Latif yeah. still in this show, but that but that's about it. Because like Nick said. And that's why a lot of Hollywood, especially if you're not a director or an actor, it's 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 they're like gangs. If you find a crew that you like, you will pull them with you. And we've heard it on the show when we interview, you know, some of these artists, concept artists, whatever they talk. It's the same thing with them. If, if they find a crew they like or, or a manager or a department head that likes them, that head is then going to pull them through on future projects so yeah uh, yeah yeah you're it's not odd to have a new dp with a with a different director, with a director. yeah so um but yeah i mean overall I, I think that this episode better in every way uh the black k thing was fun i mean like i you know i didn't read the comics and stuff like that i i, I don't read the comics so i wasn't too up on like what his character was about other than just like what you had given us in in you know, the, the comic book reviews and stuff like that. But I knew of him. I knew that, um, you know, I stay off the internet pretty much. Like I tell Matt, I don't watch these episodes. I don't watch any episode <laughs> of anything until the day that we do the podcast. Like I, I, so like when they changed the release schedule to Wednesday, I was like, I, I mean, I don't care. I'm going to watch it the, <laughs> an hour before we go live, regardless of kid. what it is. So like, I don't really give a shit. It's what like, Disney it's like Nick's been stuff. the star Wars anonymous and he just knows a better way to deal with the addiction than I do. Cause I yeah. like, I already know it's not like I, I don't even have to set an alarm. My body will get me up around four 30 to five tomorrow because I know it's star Wars day. It's just, it's weird. I'm not saying I like it. It's just, it's what happens. And the good thing about it is I'm able to get all this bullshit done before the true day actually starts. So uh, I'm not eating up, you know, dad time or valuable uh, time, yeah, husband time, <laughs> do, do something productive time. Yeah. So like for me, I watched it today. The reason I do it is because like if I one, if I watch like now, if I watch it on Wednesdays, like it's a full week till the next show, I'm not going to remember half this shit and I'm definitely not going to watch it again. So I'm just going to, I'll watch it on Tuesday, like right before we go live. And then that way everything's fresh and I can talk about it without having to be like, oh wait, did this happen? Or what happened this way? Like it, it's, it's fresh in my head. And like, I don't go on the internet, like I, nothing gets spoiled for me because I don't go right. on like social media. I think that black curse. You're a healthy young guy, man. You're a healthy yeah, young like, man. Like the fact that black K was in it got, uh, got, you know, I saw that pop up, but it also like wasn't a huge spoiler. It's not like the fact that he was in it was like, oh, my God, this ruins the whole episode. Like he was literally in it for 35 seconds and then right. you moved on. So it's not like a huge plot point. Um, but yeah, like I don't miss anything. So I'm just like, yeah, I mean, he I'll watch it on Tuesday. <laughs> at least in this episode, he was used as pure fan service for, yeah, for people like exactly. me and the diehards that had fallen and know about. I mean, he he's linked to Dr. Afra as well. Uh, he's just, he's fucking cool looking. Like, I mean, you look at him, we all love our, our man Chewbacca, but I mean, come on. 
Yeah, there are. There if are if you pit those hunters. two together, oh, there, yeah. there's no fucking competition in my mind. I mean, a lot of people don't yeah. know Santi also has cybernetic enhancements. Like he actually volunteered to have, to be chopped up and have shit put into his body when he was a gladiator. So uh, that's why Boba, by the way, if you didn't know, makes that gladiator comment. So I mean, they, they know each other uh, quite well. If if Dave and company are sticking to the uh, comic book canon, so all right, well. Since we're talking about the big guy, let's go ahead and go through the important eggs and references that you needed to be aware of, uh, or you you may have missed during your watch because you're not psychotic and sit there with captions <laughs> on and you pause it every two seconds in a notepad, but that's, that's why we exist. So uh, up first, well, Nick, we finally got the Rancor moment and, you know... I don't. Did you ever think there was actually going to be a rancor popping up, or did you think this oh, was no, just I a knew, mind I, game? I, yeah. I, so yeah, from the from the moment I was like, and <laughs> it's like, yeah. there's no way there's a rancor down there. He literally just got in there, and we knew the one that was down there is dead. Yeah. So, and, and, unless, unless they were truly going to bring, yeah, unless they were truly going to bring Mochi in and and put her in there as canon. Yeah. Uh, but hey. It, it, it's a reference to Return of the Jedi. I mean, same trap door slid down. You kind of got the same look. He was looking at the Rancor door yeah. coming up. I, I will say that I did think that there was a Rancor coming at a different moment in the show, but we'll get to that when All we right. get there. Okay, so. that's interesting. I, I want to know when that is. You yeah. think when the drums were beaten? Yeah, like okay. when the twins were, it's like, oh, the twins. And then you hear, you hear boom. Because at first you don't hear like the rhythmicness of the drums. Yeah. You just hear like boom, boom. Boom, boom. You're, I'm you're like, not is that wrong. A, you're not are wrong. Are they coming up on a rancor? And yeah. I was like, oh, could this be the moment where like the rank, like you see the rancor, you see the two on there. And then I was thinking ahead. Yeah. I was like, okay, so like they have this rancor. And then maybe in a later episode, like Bet comes at him. They had this battle and that's how he rides the rancor. But obviously the, it was just. I, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I think I actually probably thought, I think I was thinking kind of the same thing. Like, you know, they're coming in and he was either going to have to hijack it and, and turn the tide yeah. on them or, or what. But yeah. All right. So uh, up next, the mayor, Mokshais, that, that whole, I, I like that whole scene, you know, Boba checking in, getting kind of, you know, go fuck yourself. Then he just walks in. He's like, whatever, I'm Boba Fett. Uh, and, and, you know, the play on the line, like I said, bounty hunter, complicated profession. But here, at least for eggs and references, yes, we have an Ithorian. But the the key thing here this is the first time in live action we've actually seen an Ithorian use one of the communicators that have popped up in the animated series. Most recently in the Bad Batch with uh, Kenner Hammerhead, the, the character that would hang out in. Uh, shit, I'm just rewatching it. What the hell's her name? The Transdotion like some oh, cr- crime leader lady damn it I'm oh embarrassed. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. How, how dare i forget her name anyways yeah, yeah. we we know who, who you're right. talking about though <laughs> so we 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 went we went back to garces after you know uh is like listen man why would i try to assassinate you if you just said that like i serve at at your pleasure like it, it makes no sense and and by the way thanks for being a bounty hunter and bringing this nightwind assassin they're not supposed to operate Here's, out yeah. of hut space although i i don't know for some reason i, I thought mean, technically Tatooine was they're in, still hut space, in hut space right yeah Isn't i mean Tatooine if, if a part of but hut that's space? the thing yes and the thing is is like you prove it's hut space by the fact that two huts just showed up claiming ownership over the Tatooine. you know like they're they're you know their their claim they right. said that, hey, this is this is our shit. Look at the paperwork. He left it to us. Yeah. So this is still 
hot space and i don't think it ever uh, oh, well, wasn't hot space <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. It, it, if i guess if moke did send uh, send the night wind he he made sure to dispatch of the the informant quickly and then paid yeah. the man so he'd just walk away uh, but, you know, kind of back to eggs and references back at Garces, this this seems to be a, a hot spot for the show, at least in the present timeline. Uh, we got to see one of these little Chandra fan aliens, uh, another one, I believe, from the A New Hope uh, Cantina gang. Uh, we also got a Zutton in there. If you're not familiar with the Zutton species, those are our Snaggletooths. And you got to like this one yep. is, uh, you know, they're they're kind of ugly, but but this one, you know. He or whatever got got himself a wig, you know, trying to yeah. trying to dress it up a was, little bit. <laughs> that's what I was gonna point out. It's like the hair, man. The hair is so yeah. fucking weird. The hair on is it. That, that's rough looking. That is a rough yeah. looking wig. But hey, he he wanted to be his best self that day playing cards. So uh, we got a Mustafar reference when when Boba says to Garza, "You look like your you look like a Goompta on Mustafar, whatever the hell that is." I did research a Goompta and nothing popped up. So uh, I guess they're just, don't worry. F- they'll add that to the wiki in a couple weeks. When yeah. They finally they're just, they're just throwing the that one up there. Uh, and then here's our guy right here. Black Kersitan, yeah. Santi. Uh, they, you know, they talked about his gladiator days and the death pits of Durr. And, and, and Nick, I know you're not super familiar with him, but in terms of his transformation from a comic book character to live action, they fucking nailed it. I mean, nailed yeah. it. Everything about this dude's armor, you know, shoulder pauldrons, the spikes. You know, he looks like Hawk and Animal from WWF. Uh, <laughs> the the scar, the the dreads, you know, his, his like beard dreads. Just perfect. Yeah. And you got to love, I mean, this guy, I think someone brought this up. I mean, this motherfucker could literally rip people's limbs off, but he still feels the need to have brass knuckles with spikes on them. So yeah, I know. Like you know, I mean, this dude is mean, and I sure as shit hope we get to see him in action at some point down the road. Which oh yeah, you know, based on how the twins leave, it it seems inevitable. But I I still do not think the twins are the ones driving a lot of this stuff. More on that later. I I don't think so. I don't think so. Especially given like the way that they presented themselves. Like it doesn't seem like these two were very good with subterfuge or with nah. like long-term, you know, planning, you know, gamesmanship, stuff like that. They're just like, this is our birthrights. Please move along. They're, they're typical rich kids. They don't have any idea of what they're doing when they're running a syndicate. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how this plays out with, with Kay and with Boba, because I could see two different things playing out. Black K realizing, like, look, I'm on the losing side here. Yep. Like, these <laughs> there two you go, fuckers, dude. He's a bounty hunter like, after all. Like, yeah. he'll go where the yeah. money's at. Yeah. So he's like, these two guys, you know, like these twins, they're not going to help me out in the long term here. And then he just switches side and becomes like a, like a, uh, a left hand to Boba to, to Fennec's right hand or like his, his chief, uh, his chief bounty that, hunter or they throw down. Yeah. yeah. Or they throw down. I mean, I think those are the two logical options. But I would really like to see him turn on the the twins. That and, would be that uh, would be cool. Like I, I'm glad you kind of brought that scenario up. That would be cool. I, I I ultimately think that they're probably gonna you know come to fisticuffs. Uh, but that would be kind of a nice little twist. Like oh yeah, by the way, 
and he just turns around and goes pew pew and just blast both their fat asses off their litter to give those poor people a break. I mean, I love that, you know, of course there's CG, but I love at some points you could even see the litter bowing in the middle, like bending down. Yeah. And, and if you look at the faces of the extras holding it, like they're doing a good job making it look like it was just an absolutely miserable do, do you, experience. Do you think that they actually just stacked that shit with like 500 pounds of crap? And it's, I mean, like probably even know. more, like maybe even more That's than that. A good just question. Like, hey, to yeah, make it look real. Was it a practical Boeing or did they just do that in CG? Yeah, that, that's a good yeah. question there. Um, uh, anyways. What do you think? Um, I had a thought somewhere, but oh, uh, Tones cleared it up. Tatooine is not in Hut space. The Huts started to make a move on the sector by taking over as the main crime syndicate on Tatooine. So I guess uh, Mok Shai's was in his right to have his men shoot that dude right in the fucking neck. I, I love when people get shot in the neck. You know what I mean? That's a, it's like neck, a, yeah. it's a great place to shoot someone. I think in the neck. I know. Uh, that's a solid. That's a solid <laughs> place. Uh, all right. So sticking with eggs and references. After we meet Santi in the flesh, we get a Nalhata mention. Uh, that's obviously the home world of the of the piggies, not the piggies, the the slugs. Uh, and then here here was this just like I mean, man's like I love these people. I don't know if this is Favreau coming up with this stuff or if Filoni's feeding them some ideas. But the fact that that train coming through and it just starts opening fire, like, okay, what dickheads could these be that are doing this to the, to the sand people? And then you get that close up and and just like, shit, those are fucking pikes. I bet they're running spice. And and then obviously we, we, we get the, uh, the, the, the big reveal later Mm -hmm. on, we get, we get live action pikes without their helmets for the first time. That was pretty cool. Uh, But you, you gotta love it, man. You gotta love like these little nods to what Dave has created in, in cartoons and then, you know, which was eventually ported into solo. And now it's made it over uh, into the book of Boba Fett. So you just, the yeah. world building continues to be excellent, kind of stringing all these properties together. Uh, we knew this was coming, but it was cool to finally see it. And it's uncanny how closely these actors resemble the original actors for Cammy and the uh, fixer. Um, and you know what, Nick? I love that they. I love that they just kept it all vague. Like they didn't really even mention it was Tashi Station. They didn't even mention it was Cammy and Lay's. They were just you know two people that live on Tatooine in this bar. They're dealing with this shithead gang. Uh, so you know that was that. That's a deep cut. Uh, sadly, yeah. we knew I mean, it was coming so from the trailers. Was, <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people had no clue what it even. So, like. so deep, it's like people are like, "What I've seen stars." Like, trust me, they're not even in the fucking movie. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, they, they're on the cutting cut room floor. Is. Yeah, it was so deep, <laughs> it got cut from the movie. Yeah, they they picked uh, them out of a fucking trash can. <laughs> like that's yeah, how yeah, that's was, how deep it, it is. It's still like I said, the, these little, even as light as this is, the connective tissue that these people are weaving now. It's just, it's brilliant. It's tying everything together. The old stuff, the new stuff, the books, the comics, the cartoons. It just, you you really can't ask for anything more Uh, as a Star Wars fan at this point in time. Although I know most Star Wars fans only ever want more because nothing is ever good enough for them. Uh, There's our boy Lays. You know, he he was kind of a rube, wasn't he? I mean, just getting like, they were eating his chips, drinking his beer, beating him up. (laughs) Like he's just like a little (laughs) putz. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been funny if like uh, Luke just shows up he's like oh I sense it through the force he's like hey guys yeah, you your power converters see you later and he's like out of here <laughs> just <He's> like, <laughs> bounces out yeah to, at the end he finally grabs the converters he's like I finally got him 
I finally got him, Owen, you asshole. Uncle Owen, you burn up piece of shit. That's what I was going to say, dude. That would have that would have been the best if like if they just like mentioned it, like, man, fucking Luke was here. We didn't have to deal with this shit. Yeah, that would be great. Because like you, you would think at this point in time, they would have heard the legend of Luke Skywalker, the guy oh, that blew up the Death Star. And yeah. percent. They're like the they're like the high school friends that are like. Oh yeah, I knew fucking whoever. Like I knew Tom Cruise when <laughs> yeah. he was a fucking loser. If they had social media, they any... they would be like clout chasing right now. Like they'd be yeah. like they'd be posting old shots they, of Luke from the yearbook. Like, old hey, pictures. Like I knew him. This is us at Tashi's. Yeah. Luke couldn't come because Uncle Owen said he couldn't. Yeah, look, look sure. at Luke. We weren't getting power converters. We were here just getting fucked up on Spotchka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, like I said, I'll I'll take this type of stuff all day, every day. Just love the deep lore cuts that they keep throwing at us. So, um, just and then yeah, that's the outside of Tashi Station there. So a a location made famous from whiny Luke and A New Hope finally gets uh finally gets its due in some the action. Book of Boba Fett. Yep, totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love you know Boba came in. I think that was pretty good ass kicking. You know he's getting better. He's still on like his his training gaffy stick as we saw uh, and yes we have reached out to miss joanna bartlett to appear on the show but at this point in time she does not want to do any interviews and doesn't yeah. really like star wars fans i said that yeah. not her but we, yeah. uh, let's just say I I, you she know. has a lot of um a lot of concerns about like what she can and can't right. say right you know, and it's like, fine. So it's, it's, like, it's like whatever. We don't I mean, want to I, put her in a I knew it was going to go nowhere, but man, that girl is talented. And if you don't know, uh, Joanna Bartlett is the warrior Tuscan, but she's also Wonder Woman. She doubles uh, Godot. Uh, she yep. also doubles Brie as Captain Marvel. And uh, Stunt Buddy knows her very well. And he's like, dude, this girl is a monster. Like, she started off and was nothing, uh, but now she's just absolutely fucking slaying it, as is evident in what she did in this episode as the Tuscan Warrior. Anyways, back to the breakdown. Speaking of her, there she is right there over Boba's shoulder. Gotta love her. Uh, well, wh why are we looking at this? Well, look, down by his feet, the good old Camtonos from The Mandalorian, the Ice Cream Makers. Uh, what's his name from Bespin running with one? I mean, th these things are Easter eggs from way back when. Uh, but we also, in this same scene, get a a, a spice mention, right? Sasana spice, it. it comes out. Yeah. You gotta like the pikes, like what is spice? What's spice? <laughs> and, you know, the that. Boba's buddies. They, they you know they still kind of act a little raucous. They get excited when they get a score. They're like, oh! <laughs> and they just fucking throw it on the ground. You see them? There's like two of them. They're huffing it already. So. Uh, clearly, Boba's going to have to set up a rehab center next for yeah. his his new Tuscan buddies because they're going to be all smacked out on on the Sasana spice that they have <laughs> now uh, taken back from these uh, the Pike Syndicate. Definitely. Um, uh, but we also got an anchorhead mention, although we had one of those in the first episode. But just for good measure, yeah, that is a, he was like, "You can walk all the way back to Anchorhead from here. Good luck." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "We're going to get killed." And he's like, "No, you are now under the protection of the Raiders because yeah. I said so." So good stuff. And now there. we and know too that it's like the black melons are milk, not water. So he's right. like, "You get black melon milk. You each get one." You sure it looks. Wisely. It sure looks like water, but I guess I milk is blue in the Star Wars world. So I guess uh, <laughs> real milk is blue in the Star Wars world. So I guess uh, black milk can be clear like water. Same shit. Yeah. 
they, they, I also loved it. It reminded me of like, you know, sometimes in like, you know, a city street, Brooklyn, something like that in the summer where the kids break off the fire hydrant, <laughs> you know, they, they knocked yeah. off the water tank and instead of like trying to savor it, they're just like, Oh, dude, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you're, you're a d- like a desert dwelling people. And you just wasted that entire car of water. <laughs> For no reason, like yeah, they, for dude, no they're reason. holding up like coffee mugs to catch the water. Like, <laughs> like, Come on, yeah. It's like, dude, all you had to do was just move this thing to your encampment, and you had, you could, you had water. You could find different ways to use this. You could yeah. like, you could maybe even like try to you know like ditch out some farm areas, stuff like that. Like, but you guys, you just have banthas. I mean. This- Banthers are essentially yeah. like a farm tractor. Can't, so, you know, strap yeah, a few banthas like, to the water car and drag it back to the tents. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, no, they, they wanted, to, they wanted I, to have a fucking party. I mean, you got to remember, go back to when the Cray Dragon was killed. They're doing the same shit. They're hacking it yeah. up, throwing stuff like, ooh, all, they, all that they wanted that pearl. So, hey, I'm not making fun of the Tuscans. I'm becoming a huge fan of them, just like Boba Fett is and Din Yeah, no, Djarin. dude, they're, they're great. I, and that's one thing that I wanted to bring up about this episode in general is like, I love that you're finally getting some lore behind these characters because Tuscans right. have always been looked at from the first movie, as just like they're marauders, they're animals. raiders, they're uncivilized animals, whatever. Like they're these shitty, like, you know, race of people that all they know is killing. And now you're finally, and it was only, and the prequels only made it worse. The prequels right. just like took that stereotype of Tuscans and made it worse with Anakin and what they did to his mother. And now you're finally like in, uh, in Mando with him communicating with them, working with them. And then in Boba Fett now, like you see that like these are an intelligent race of people that have just like they said, they've been put out because all of these off worlders have come. They have machinery and they can't fight back against that because they have no machines. And it's it's nice to see that, you know, beyond the veil with these characters. You're you're exactly right. And what we are getting. Is it's almost a parable for really any any imperial nation that's gone around and conquered natives. All right. Yeah. That, that's Britain. That's, that's really Britain. I mean, they, they were like the main empire of yeah. the day that, that settled Rome, a lot Rome of the to world. a degree, like back in the day, Spain, yeah. Portugal. I mean, yeah. the Tuscans are our native Americans. That that's this parable yeah. that's going on right now. They were here first. They believe in the land, respecting the land, respecting Tatooine, the planet, the desert, the desert tree, uh, the and old the oceans is, of Tatooine. Like, yeah, th- I like how they brought that. I was going to mention that, the, the oceans, because like I don't know if they're going to recanonize this, but back in, in, in KOTOR, when you ended up on uh, Tatooine and you were working with the Tuscans, they, they told you like this, this land used to be fertile. Like this wasn't always desert. Like this, they had, no, they, dude, they said in this episode, I mean, they, 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 talk, yeah. they talked about the, you know, the, 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 the oceans. And then obviously his vision made the desert look like an ocean with a tree in the middle. So yeah. you're a hundred percent correct. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, starting with the Mandalorian, they really have made a concerted effort to humanize the Tuscans uh, make fans empathize for them because like any other native species, uh, species, the right word, people, people. I don't know. Yeah. like any other native people that have been conquered by more advanced people, uh, you know, the, the, the victor writes the narrative, right? We, we've heard that all along. Like uh, those that win wars, they get to decide the history, the real history, yeah. <laughs> even though it's not the real history. 
so true. that's what's happened with the Tuscans. They they've been villainized. They they've had to turn into uh, raiders because they're just trying to survive and defend themselves from the people with the machines that are uh, raping the land, stealing the land, crossing through it, selling drugs, all that fun stuff. So I, I love this stuff. And like Kingdom Weird saying in the live stream, I, I think this is what's rubbing some people the wrong way. But to me, fuck it. We are getting, we are seeing Boba grow and getting more Boba lore through the specter of the Tusken Raiders. And I'm okay with that. I think it's fantastic. As Nick said, it makes them more than just these faceless, uh, uh, you know, goofy sound making, as Anakin, Anakin called them, animals. They are a, yeah. a people with a, a, a deep level of respect for Tatooine and what it can offer to them to stay alive, as well as their own traditions. And, uh, you know, clearly what they've been going through with, with Boba, I think, is good for both. Both Boba yeah. Fett and for this see. band of Tuscans. I want to see if you get like a Tuscan face reveal ever. I don't think that they will, but Tuscans were human beings. I mean, like that's, it's one thing that gets lost is like Tuscans were, were humans. Like, it's not like they're like a, like a race of, of being that's never been seen before. Like they were humans that have just been forced out of their homes and, you know, had to adjust to life in the desert and, right. you know, develop the, their, you know, this language and, and stuff like that. So uh, I mean, I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite parts of the show is actually getting to see the development of these characters that have been around in Star Wars for, I mean, since day one, essentially. Right. And we got a tease of it in, in Mando. I mean, remember how cool it was yeah. just to see him signing with them. Communicating like, and signing. Like, all right, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I, like, Din knows to pay them respect. So, I mean, obviously, he he had some sort of uh, run-in with them before training, whatever. But it's great. And, and really, all this is being done. This is Boba's new family, which means some of it is probably going to be taken away or something bad's going to happen to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There, I still believe, <laughs> it, you know, it, maybe it's not something major, but there, there is going to come a point in time where he is going to decide like, all right, I've had my fun, but I can't help you guys from here anymore. I need to do something bigger so, like I said, it's either going to be some tragedy that befalls them, and he realizes, like, look, I can only do so much working out of tents in a desert. I need my ship. I need my fucking armor. And then I can actually start to really impact my tribe and help them out. Or it could be the fact that he gets a tip off that a Mando's on planet and eventually finds out that the, you know, the Mando comes back and, and is in possession of his armor, or he learns about his armor from Cobb. There, there's going to be something we're going to see in a flashback that causes this guy to go from being a now fully accepted member of the tribe to wanting to recapture his ship and get his armor back, and then ultimately come and fucking kill Bib Fortuna. Like, I think that's, that was all of his plan from the get-go, I think, when he left the Tuscans, was, I need my ship, I need my armor, and as soon as I get back, as soon as I get those, I'm coming back and I'm fucking killing Bib Fortuna, and I'm gonna clean this place up for the Tuscans. Yeah, yeah. So it it is gonna be an interesting journey to how we get there because I think right now it's still we still can't really grasp the reasoning. Like the first thing, you know, was the first thing that we knew had to happen is like okay, they he needs to take care of this Nikto gang, which he did, and then. um then we need to, you know, once we saw the train, we're like, okay, it, at first I was like, this train thing might go on for a little bit. I thought it was going to be more than like a one episode little 
uh, you know, story arc there. But now that we're past the train, we're past the Nikdos, there has to be something else that happens with this Tuscan gang or, you know, maybe it, maybe it is just like he saw a fucking Amando and that was enough to kind of snap him back into it, like, Hey, you're not a Tuscan Raider. You're uh, you know, you need to get I, back I, out I don't know. I, I, I still, I mean, I think that that's ultimately going to come into play, but I, I do think something tragic is going to happen to his group. That's just, yeah, it's just natural. It makes sense. We've seen it in other stories. Uh, they're kind of setting it up for it. He, he's got this strong bond now with the warrior, with the chief and with the kid. Uh, so yeah. if it's not the entire tribe, maybe one of those get taken out. Maybe it's the kid and that's enough. He's like, you yeah. know what? Fuck it. Cause again, Nick, and we talked about this in the first episode, you could see visible disgust on his face when he was watching those Nictos beat up a random farmer. You then mm-hmm. see after the train rolls through the first time and it's just blindly murdering Banthas and Tuscans. He's like, fuck this. What? The? He's yeah. like, this is not fucking right. I'm going to help you guys because th- you shouldn't have to fucking deal with this. So yeah. he, he is very affected by this tribe already and, and wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one thing that we never really knew is like, did, does he have humanity? Like we never really saw Boba Fett as like a, as like a person who had, you know, empathy or sympathy or humanity within him. Cause we've only ever seen him as a killer. And the very little that we saw of him in the original trilogy, he was just used as like a hired hand, you know, to yeah, capture this is his and stuff first like that. real family since his dad died. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so it, it changes it, the game for a lot of what, you know, what fans had previously thought about this character. Like, oh, he's, he's a badass, indiscriminate killer, whatever. But like, you can see that he only kills if there is a reason to kill. And, you know, what, what these pikes did to the, the Tuscans was completely uncalled for. And, well, you know, that's look how benevolent he was after the capture. He yeah. didn't, I mean, you could argue OT Boba Fett would have just lined them all up and shot him in the back of the head. Yeah. He tries to cut a deal. Now, this this kind of plays into what we're saying. Is there going to be retribution? Is there going to be something that causes him to kind of be like, oh, fuck this. I, I got to clean up Tatooine if they're going around messing with these people left and right because I've been helping them. Uh, I mean, the Pike literally says like, oh, the syndicate's not going to be too happy with this. All right. Well, what's the syndicate? We know the Pikes were in league with other crime syndicates. Are are they going, is he going back to Marg Krim and reporting to him? Is Krim going to then report to Crimson Dawn, who at this point in time is, they're not out there in the forefront as like, hey, we're the number one crime syndicate. But we know through War of the Bounty Hunter and now uh, Crimson Reign that she definitely has her assets everywhere mm-hmm. uh, embedded in everything. And she's, she, she is still kind of the power player. So yeah, there's a good chance his running with the pikes is going to lead to the tragedy that befalls this Tuscan group, which ultimately gets him to uh, kind of move on. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, we, we still got to, he finds Fennec first, but yeah. why the fuck was he tracking her? What I'm assuming because Amando is in town. After he finds her, he gets her fixed up, and then, you know, Din shows up again, and that's when he realizes, and we see him at the very end of S2E1, he tracked him the whole fucking time to the part where he's riding back on the speeder with Boba's armor. So uh, I I still think as much as I don't want this to happen because I know it's going to make me sad, 
the these black robed wearing Tuscans are either going to get completely wiped out or at least the chief, the warrior or the kid is going to get tragically snuffed out. And, and that's going to be him going, you know what? Like I said, I can only do so much for you all here. If I go get my machines, I'm going to I'm going to do you all right. And, and I really think that's why in the present timeline, he is this different guy. Yeah, it, it's not so much that. Yeah, he wants the money. But I really think he's doing what he's doing is for his people yeah. being the Tuscans. He is there on Tatooine to clean it the fuck up. Enough with the hut bullshit, enough with syndicates, pikes, whatever. They now have to listen to his rules, and I guarantee you they're going to be to make life better for yeah, the Tuscans. Yeah, like, hey, leave these people alone. They're not, they're not doing right. anything to you. So, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, and just reading reading the chat here. Yeah, definitely he was in the Sarlacc for a quick a uh, quick amount of time. Yeah. And, and I do think I do think he's going to be with these Tuscans all the way up till Mando season 1, so about, you know, what, 4, 5, 6 years. Yeah, for yeah. A, a while. I mean, for I mean, like for all intents and purposes, he yeah, I mean, he Mando- has no reason to leave. Like, think about it. What 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 does he need? He he's found the family. That's clearly something he's always wanted. We're we're seeing it in his visions. For Christ's sake, I mean, both visions or, or any type of flashback now has featured him thinking about himself as young Boba and his father. So, uh, I, I I think he's like, you know what? I can do this now that I've been accepted into the tribe. I'm a warrior. Fuck it. Who, who needs that life? Yeah. Who needs to, uh, this, this is the epitome of being a simple man trying to make my way in the galaxy. Very correct? true. Very it's true. A lot, a lot more simple life than being a fucking bounty hunter. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just, just such a good episode. Lots of good content. We're kind of all over the place here. There's our spice. Uh, I do want to ask Nick, this Camino scene in particular, my friend. Yep. Do you think this was a cut scene or are they de-aging Logan at this point? Yeah, I think that's a cut scene for sure. Uh, because he is he is credited as playing young Boba Fett. Yeah. So it, it's not like a, a younger actor that they, they slap the face on. I mean, do you think that whole thing? I, I could see how they could fake the, the shadowed part where he's like running from his bed. But then that close up in the window, like, yeah. come on, unless you're doing full de-aging just for two seconds. I think there's a cut scene. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a cut scene. I mean, Daniel Logan now, I mean, he still looks like himself, but I don't think that they brought him in. I think that this was something that was for sure cut from AOTC. I mean, it, it, it's too spot on to, to young Daniel Logan to even be a, a DH. Yeah. I think this is just something. That I just, I was hoping cause, um, week one, he commented on the scene is like, yeah, that's all original until you get to over the shoulder that they, they did that new. Uh, but he did not comment on, on this scene Yeah, and looking at his Twitter, he seems to be a really big cat guy and, and rescue dude. So that's, I mean, Respect. he lives out in uh, New Zealand, I think, right? L.A. Okay. No, he's in L.A. now. Okay, he's in L.A. Okay, so uh, I think those were uh, references and, and whatnot. So uh, some of the key moments, which Nick and I may have already hit on, but maybe f- more discussion may come out here. Um, so the mayor, I mean, wh- what do you think, Nick? I- is he being upfront with Boba? Did he send the Nightwind or did he not? Oh, I mean... Is he being upfront about the about the Nightwind? Um, 
I think he is being upfront about that, but obviously I think there is some subterfuge that still have, like he's not giving Boba the oh, whole yeah. story. Right. You know, maybe well, you got to remember ep- episode one, he refused tribute and then wanted tribute back. So yeah. like what, what type of game was that? And, and then this one, he's like, Oh, Hey, if I, if, if I serve at your pleasure, why would I send an assassin after you? Yeah, I, you know? So I don't think it's him directly. What I think it was is that he's probably tied into a, another syndicate because after, after fucking Jabba went out and and Bib Fat Tuna was on the uh, on the throne, he was probably like, "Yeah, what? I don't give a fuck about this guy. Like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll toss him some coins and then he'll he'll stay quiet. But I'm gonna start working with, you know, Crimson Dawn, and you know that way okay. I got some yeah. real juice behind me and not just right. some fat ass that's sitting there not right. doing anything. So I don't think that he directly hired him, but I definitely think that he's working behind Boba's back in some way. Quick question from the stream. Bats asking like, hey, in that Fennec stinger, he had his spurs. And I'm like, well, if everyone notices, the one thing the Jabba's, the, the Jawas did not steal from the man were his boots. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he is wearing his Fett boots throughout the the flashbacks. Uh, I don't know why we haven't heard spurs since. Maybe maybe he fashioned some new ones, but he actually did keep his Fett boots after the uh, Jawas molested everything else yeah. off of his body. Yeah, all of his shit. Um, and you can okay, see that so the, the like those red eyes in his in his flashback or his LSD dream, those were all the eyes of the Tuscans, or not the Tuscans, the Jawas who robbed them. Yeah, those, those, those shitheads. That, that, I mean, I love where Favreau's going with this stuff. Like, I don't know if he's sitting there eating mushrooms, writing scenes like that, but wow, that was far <laughs> that was, out. That we'll we'll get to it, but... <laughs> But man, there's like if, if you really watch that and slow it down, like and get philosophical or, or or deep into it, I mean, I think John's really trying to say some things about Boba's psyche and his uh, kind of like his uh, maybe doesn't really like who he used to be. Yeah, and he was breaking free of that that Boba persona, and it was the tree holding him, but the tree was representing the pit, and the pit was really what was the thing holding him down, and he broke out, and now he's becoming a new man. It was, it was pretty far out. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, so the twins showing up. I, I wish we would have got names. They they still don't have names unless, like Nick said, someone on the Wookies went out and, and populated them. Uh, but the question I want to ask here, at least I'll give you kind of my thought. They waited damn near, what, five, six years to lay claim? Yeah. To Jabba's territories. And, and, and I really think the reason being is if you have a, a, a shithead like Bib kind of doing things for you, like why, like why even involve yourself in the day to day? So yeah. I think that's why the twins, they're like, you know what, Bib, whatever, he's an asshole. We'll just be like, Bib, fine, you can sit on the throne, but you still have to send us cash, and we're more or less kind of running this thing. Uh, but since we're big, fat, lazy assholes, we're okay with you getting fat and just kind of doing things for us. Yeah. Now, obviously, once they heard that. Boba came back and, and blasted his ass. That now they're like, oh fuck! Now we have to go do some work. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, once the mouthpiece was gone, that's what precipitated them coming back. Because he's only, I mean, at this point in the current timeline, he's we would imagine that he's only been on this throne or in this seat for like what a couple weeks, if that. Like yeah, it, a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not been a very long time. Um, yeah, I wish we would have gotten names. I think that they they. They did a good job with the look. They they definitely improved the CG from. Yeah, uh, it looks better than Phantom Menace. Yeah, <laughs> than TPM. So it's a level up there. 
the thing that gets me with with them and even the Trandoshans is like the eyes. Like the eyes are too Man, bright. We it's, still but, still have uncanny valley. Yeah, going there's on still with the a, eyes a, here, a little bit, but I think that they nailed it. What I was what I wanted to see at first was like, do they speak? common or basic like zero nope. did because <laughs> zero remember no. zero that he had like oh, this yeah. super high little voice yeah. over here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like are these gonna speak common or basic no okay they're they're, they're speaking hutties and then you get to see oh, i love uh, boba speaking hutties so that was pretty oh cool. yeah yeah that was great I, I love boba just i mean he whipped out his big dick and was like fuck you guys it like I don't, I don't give a shit about your your paper and, yeah. and this this wookie you're trying to intimidate with he's like i'm the daimyo now yeah blow it and they're like well we'll kill you he's like all right bring it and you know the twins they have their little exchange uh i love that it's like a girl and a boy and the way they're like laying on it they're yeah. almost like one big hut, the way their fat asses are <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. positioned together. Like they each have their tail wrapped around each other, yeah. but it's almost like they operate with the same brain. Uh. Uh, they're just fun. <laughs> so hopefully they come back in the play and, and get wiped out by our buddy. Uh, but yeah, it is like, okay, you waited five years, but then it's like, yeah, you know, why do, why put forth effort when you have a slime bag like Bib Fortune on there that you just be like, yo dude, we'll let you sit there. Just kind of keep feeding us the cash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Next one here. Obviously seeing Curse Tan, big stuff. Will he show up in the future? I believe so. I don't think you just wheel this guy out for a quick cameo. Um, but I like Nick's idea. I wasn't really going that way. Uh, I, I, but you could potentially see this happen because after all, he is a a, a uh, person for hire and uh, mercs and bounty hunters usually have loyalty to whoever is paying them or who they know is going to come out on top. Exactly. They're, they're kind of easy to figure out. They, they don't, this is, this is what defines an anti-hero, right? They're not, they're, they're not looking to just do the good stuff. They're looking to do what's best for them. Yeah, right? exactly. Lots of uh, anti-heroes in this country when if it comes to a Black lot of K things. Black K has a brain. Days. He he may end up switching sides. I, I would not be surprised to see that. It'd be cool. I, I'd still like to see a, a battle, though. Um, either where Fetch is like, you know what, fuck this guy. And just, you know, kind of like, uh, what movie is that? Oh, uh, well, I mean, they do it in, in, uh, Indiana Jones, you know, the guy's got the sword yeah. like, Pulls out the gun. And, and Harrison just like, boom, just shoots him, shoots him in the head. I, I could see something playing out like that where, where blacks getting all, all like gladiator like with yeah. Boba and they're circling each other. And then Boba just goes, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. And just shoots him in the I face. Uh, <laughs> but damn, he looked good. Did, did anyone, I, I mean, this is something I usually do. Did anyone look to see who was playing him? Was it Eunice or did they get a new tall person? Um, I don't know. Let's see if they have him. On I don't the think IMDb. it was. I would imagine if it was Eunice, it would have been all over the place. Yeah, he so would have probably person, said like, but, hey, look, it's me. Different Wookiee this time. Yeah. Though. Right. He's like, oh, I can I can finally talk about this. One of those two deals. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking the IMDb's now to see. All right. If he's up so there. So I'll uh, Carrie address someone with Tones. Is Carrie saying, Jones is who is playing. Um, Anything else we'd know? Black like Sands. any other big uh, aliens he, he's played? Or? No, it seems like he's mostly known for like uh, makeup department stuff. And then he's only acted in 10 things, but it's all stuff you wouldn't know. Like he was in the Creepshow TV series. 
he was a predator in the movie Predators from 2010. Okay, all right. Okay, so, that that's what I was meaning. Like, does he just play other big yeah, badass he, he aliens? Like all right, huge, huge people. Gotcha. Got you. There you go. So, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, he looked great. I, I just I love the kind of the translation from comic to here because sometimes with you know comics you can you can really embellish <laughs> features, looks, all that stuff, but. They they brought it right over perfectly yeah, from the perfect. you know the shoulder armor to the to the brass knuckles. Definitely. Um, you had like really all the interactions with Boba and the warrior were just choice. Loved them. I mean, you, you can see these two bonding. You can see him wanting to learn their ways. Uh, you can see him wanting to practice and get better and better and better at it. So you know, I love that they give him like a dummy stick because he's not a warrior yet. All that fun stuff. Uh, really, all their all their moments were just great together, and and her showing him like, listen, pal, you ain't shit with this thing yet. Yeah. You'll get there, but I can still kick your ass pretty easily. Um, you know, his we brought this up before. Uh, the the just the way Boba responded to to the Tuscans getting, you know, unfairly target Lottery. practice yeah. used. <laughs> I mean, that's all they just rolling through like pew. <laughs> yeah, like it's like they weren't even shots. being like threatened. Like they were just driving through, and as they drove through, they just fucking shot at. Yeah, them. They, they just they just start shooting. They're like, oh fuck, there's banthas. That means there's sand people. Let's just start wiping them out. Because that, that's what he says. He's like, we just thought they were raiders, and they're gonna mess us up. Like, yeah, whatever. You're a piece of shit. But uh, as I don't, I'm not gonna rehash this. But it, it clearly, the, all this bad stuff happening happening from off worlders is going to lead to our man making the choice like I am going to do this myself I'm going to take over the crime so I'm in control and I can ensure that my people are not getting fucked over anymore yeah uh, just all all great dances with wolves obviously the Tashi was a was a great deep cut fan moment if you knew what we were looking at um what else we got here I thought the train sequence, everything about it, the, the training, it's already became a meme where he's like, like a bantha. I don't know. Nick's <laughs> not on social, so he probably hasn't seen it, but a lot of people have ran with that where he's doing that, that bouncing and his, his shiny white teeth. Yeah. Nick, I don't know if you noticed that Boba has the best dental plan <laughs> in the Tuscan camp, if not all of the Star Wars galaxy. It definitely. Uh, but just his teeth. The, the training montage was just, it was just fun you know showing yeah. people that that aren't used to machinery and like he, he drops them off initially and they immediately start taking like it apart trying it to get parts from it yeah it's like no those are mine those are mine chill out teaching them how to drive the one guy goes backwards it, it was kind of like you know obviously they're i think tuscans are, uh, are a little more with it in advance than Ewoks, but it was, it was kind of similar to watching those little fur bags try yeah. to use a speeder for the first time. And uh, what is his name? Paplu rolling through and he's floating in the air because he's going so fast and his little legs are kicking behind him. Uh, but just it, the whole montage was fun. Yep. Just a fun one. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the actual train sequence itself, that was some good action. Uh, you know, good moments there where the, the warrior gets in and she's beating the shit out of everyone under the cars while Boba's on top trying to protect the other people from eating muffler exhaust. Just, just good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it seems a lot of people in the stream here are fans of the train conductor just like I was. Dude, that I, was I thought that was he a, was so fucking cool. I love the right? train conductor. You, you always, 
you always got to appreciate a, a solid Star Wars droid, even even if they're like a one-off character. And I really think they the team here put some effort into this droid, gave him a personality, and, and it came through, even though it doesn't talk. It, it's a know-nothing character, but I just I loved what he was doing up there. And then when he he's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Yeah, I'm, out, I'm out of here. Jumps out and runs away yeah. uh, doing like his, his little grievous crab walk. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. Uh, the the massless pikes that's a big moment for fans seeing him for the first time in live action and here we go Th- this is one of the most wild yeah. uh, segments in all of star wars i think I-, I can't think of anything that is more psychedelic than this it, there's nothing even when, he's like oh you want to give me a gift and the chief's like yeah here look it's a lizard and i love boba like you know he was doing what some people do when they get a gift like why the fuck did you get me this and they're like Oh wow, that's great! Yeah, I'll, I I really like this. I'll let him guide me, and then it goes up his nose, and he's like, "Oh no, I think I ate it." Is this all good? It was just it was a fantastic See, at exchange. First, I was like, "Oh," <laughs> like he opened it up, and I was like, "I wonder what that is." And the, like the first thing that came to my head was like, "Is that a baby massive?" And then they like grow to the bigger size, and then he's just like keeps it yeah. on his shoulder, but no, it went right up his fucking nose. And then Man, when it, just, it went up his nose. Then I thought to Hitchhiker's God, I was like, oh, it's like a babble fish that they put in their ear and then you can hear them talking in any language. And then it wasn't that either. I was like, damn, I was way off on this motherfucker. <laughs> like, I, I just like how he, he was like feeling all bad. Like, oh, shit, I just ate your gift. But that's what they want him to do. They, they gave him a little little uh, what black coconut thing yeah. and, and went up his nose. And then we got just a. Like I said, one of the wildest segments in all of Star Wars. I mean, animated, you name it. Even it, it rivaled like that that trippy shit done in the uh, Gennady Tarkovsky or the, the original Clone Wars. You know, when Anakin kind of has his spirit walk yes, with that yeah. the, the tribe of men, like it's just way the fuck far out. Yeah. Like that's what we were getting here. I mean, it was, uh, but again, these are the parallels to our own history. And, you know, Native Americans here, when, when you were deemed vision ready quest. to become a warrior, you, you had to go on a yeah, vision quest, spirit walk, whatever, which usually involves some form of hallucinogen yep. and leaving the, the brave or whatever to go out on their own. If they didn't come back, well, it happens. If they come back, then they become a warrior. So I loved seeing this Tuscan tradition play out through our buddy uh, Boba Fett, you know, walking through the desert and you, you kind of had that transition effect of him in his armor than him in his jumpsuit and thinking about his past life and being constrained in the sarlacc and all these things that ultimately may have affected uh, Boba coming out of the pit and becoming this new more as they're saying in our live stream chat which if you want to join most Tuesdays 2.30p on YouTube we'd love for you to come in youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show um, you know, you get the tree, like Nick said, you get the oceans of, of the Dune Sea, which used to be there when we heard that from the chieftain. Uh, all this comes back and prevents the stick. We get to see our, well, that's where they get their fucking gaffy sticks. There is a tree on Tatooine here, and it, it clearly is very, uh, I don't want to say religious, but it, it's a very important spiritual uh, location. piece of, of yeah, spiritual culture for the Tuscans. So I love he comes back and he's still like coming out of that trip like, oh, shit, that was real. It's like, yeah, like, buddy. What is this fucking thing I got? Uh, yeah, he's you like, I give you stick. Yeah. Like the the chief's just like, good. Like he just sits there like, yeah. like yep, that'll work. He this. He did it. All he, right. He, <laughs> We're going to make this he, new he thing. Passed the, uh, 
he passed the first test and then obviously the uh, you got to love the the robing of fett yeah it it, it kind of mirrored what we saw in in the first episode of the droids putting his boba armor on i don't know if anyone else noticed that it was very similar to that mm-hmm. uh, you get to see him come out finally as nomad fett the the one we first saw and knew that he was back in mandalorian season two episode one and then we get right to more just Tuscan Raider tradition. And, and they make the warrior then carve out their own gaffy stick. Yep. And yes, I know this was based on a Ralph McQuarrie concept art. And I fucked that up by forgetting to mention it in my breakdown. But I am familiar with the image. And yes, they nailed it. This is something you could see from Ralph. He had this, you know, just, just as it looked in live action. Like they, they didn't miss anything. The debris looked the same. The little canopy all looked the same. But even though this, you know, this isn't action, this isn't Boba Fett kicking ass, this is the type of stuff that I get off on. Oh, yeah, this was The awesome. spirit walk, becoming a warrior, becoming a full member of the tribe, and then, I don't give a fuck what anyone says, the, the dancing around the fire is one of my new favorite moments in all of Star Wars. It felt very... I love it. Like, that, that, to me, felt like very much Tamira coming in to me, and like, I want something that's... Like Maori, I want something that's got oh, yeah. some of my history tribal. in it and, and stuff. And you could feel that in in that performance that he was doing it, that this this wasn't just something that they made up for for the Tuscans. Like this was something personal that Tamira wanted to put in there for for his character and for these I, people. I, so I, I could I, see I, that. I but it, it also, I mean, again, it mirrors our native Americans. They, yeah. they would have celebrations around the fire, you know, dancing around all that stuff, beating on drums, celebrating the new warriors, the new braves. Uh, but it was, I just love how it started slow, like him and the warrior just going around like, whoo, ha, whoo, ha, and then everyone gets in they're all like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for to do the haka. Like, haka, yeah, da, that's da, what da, I was kind of waiting whoo, for too. Da, I was da, like, da, Oh da, man, da. are they going to actually do a haka or are they just going to, but they didn't, which totally fine. But still, like, yeah. it was such a cool moment, you know? It was just it was fucking awesome. It, it was like the old, uh, it doesn't hold up anymore because they ripped the song out, but it's like the old Yubnub celebration. It, yeah. it just is a, a, a fun, cool-looking moment in Star Wars. But, but this one to me, like I said, it, it's up there. It's just a, I don't know, I just appreciate the scene. Uh, I, I loved watching them get into it and just celebrating that, that Tuscan culture, so... There you go. Hell of an episode. Not a fan of the Wednesday date because it's like, fuck, we, we, we just blew our wad on last week's and now I got to, you know, go through the cycle again tomorrow morning. But I guess that's also a, a good thing because we're going to find out what else is coming next for our man, the Book of Boba Fett, in just a few hours. Uh, some of you, our international fans, may already be getting into that that sauce. I don't know. No, it, it still has to hit the... the um, I think the 12 a.m. Pacific's like the, the global release around town. Yeah. Uh, but good stuff. Uh, you know, episode one was fine. Like, uh, you know, we, it was lacking some oh shit moments, but we got all that and more in episode two. So Indeed. fantastic stuff. All yeah. right. Woo. Yeah. Lots of good. Uh, I like the conversation in, in the uh, chat here, people. I, I you know, I, I think that, that also showcases how awesome that episode was. A lot of people are in here engaged, you know, look, you know yeah, they're, giving they're their engaged. own theories and they're like, who needs to listen to these assholes? We, we know what we're talking about yeah, too. It's like, so, hey, hey, you know. 
That's that's what that's what we're here for is to give you speculative jumping off points, and then that way yes. you could listen to our dumbasses talk for a little bit. But you may be able to to think we're of your good. own. We're, 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 uh, most of our big big speculations have either paid off already or are still holding up. So I think for before we get into our next topics, I, just light stuff on episode three. I'm torn now because last week I was like, you know what? They're probably going to do the, the two-pronged narrative throughout the season. But now I'm like, well, once we get to the ship, like him getting the Slave 1, do, do we just get shorter flashbacks moving forward or do the flashbacks go away altogether? So uh, I, still, I think in Episode 3 we're probably going to get closer to the scenes from the trailer where, you know, maybe we get to see the, the Fennec rescue or we get to see how he was keyed into Din being there the first time yeah, when he found Fennec. Uh, and maybe we get the tragedy already. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do the tragedy in episode three. Maybe that they'll save that for four or five. Uh, but I feel like we're still going to get a good amount of flashbacks in episode three. Yeah. Present no. timeline... I think we're, I think that this episode's going to be the meeting of the former capos that we've seen in the trailer Okay. where they're kind of sitting around the dinner table and he's making his pitch. He's probably trying to get some allies now that he's essentially in the first two trips to Mos Espa has been fucked with. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's finally getting the point like, all right, I, I probably got to speed up my plans and become at least uh, teammates or at least have the same greed with some of these assholes uh, so I don't have to keep my head on a swivel as much as I've already had to since assuming the role of a daimyo yeah. of uh, Tatooine. How about you? Any, do you have any For episode, great uh, foresight into tomorrow? Episode three, let's see. I mean, I, I, I think that we're going to get another assassination attempt on Boba. I think that that the the twins after that interaction are definitely going to like try something. It may be like a half baked kind of like, what are these, like, what are these people trying to do type of thing? Uh, but I think that we, we will see another assassination attempt against them. And then on the, I think we're going to get flashbacks all the way through. Let me just keep, I'm, I'm going to, I'll put that out there. Oh, by the way, we're definitely right on the back to tank being the, the, the yeah, the narrative the trigger. delivery vehicle for <laughs> yeah. flashbacks. It's like, it doesn't even matter. Like he didn't even get in a fight. He just took a walk to Mos Espa in episode two. He's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking hang out in the back to tank. Yeah. Dream a little bit, go back to the good old days. Yeah. So, and then in, in the past timeline, it's hard cause it seems like right for right now, the, the, the conflict with the, exterior forces versus the Tuscans are kind of taken care of. So maybe it's a little bit more low key, maybe the, the flashback stuff. Cause I felt like this episode actually had was actually tipped more flashback time than there were current time. It, it was, it wasn't yeah. a, an even split. It, yeah. it was, it was more like a, probably like a 66, 33, 34, something like that. So I feel like the next one's going to be flipped the opposite way where you're going to have, you're actually going to have more time yeah. in the present. And then you're going to have, Less in the less in the flashback. In the flashback will probably be like interactions with specifically the warrior Tuscan and then something that's going to set up like, oh shit, here's the next big step towards him yeah, making the I, I think they'll be doing I mean now he's a full member of the tribe, so you know, maybe we won't see them stationary. Maybe he'll be going out on on like recon type of stuff. Yeah. 
And, yeah. uh, but we, you know, there's, there's still the whole Pike train. I mean, that, that, that's more than likely going to uh, pay off in a not good way yeah. for Boba and the gang. And, and as I said, I, I still think Crimson Dawn is behind most of this. Yeah. Uh, Tone, so they, they, they do get word. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Tone said black per, uh, curse Anton versus Kenobi. I don't think that they're going to do that because that's too far of a flashback and it doesn't really. Well, not in, in this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Tones is talking about the Kenobi series. Oh, uh, in, in, the Keno- in the Kenobi series. Potentially. I, I would hope so because, yeah, at this point in time, Kenobi's dead. Been yeah, dead for, Kenobi's been dead for a while. For a while. And like the flashback. <laughs> he's, even, he's even dead in the flashbacks. Yeah, he's dead. The so. flashback, yeah, it's still like you would have to go way, way back in order to get that. And I don't think Boba was involved. So it would be, it wouldn't fit here. But yeah, I, I agree. If, if they do it in, in actual Kenobi, then. I'm with you though, because I mean, Tam himself has said, "Listen, yeah, you're, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of stuff filled in." He even said Empire, so I mean, there's potential for that, like Empire days flashbacks. But the, the thing I'm getting at, he did specifically say, "Like, listen, you're going to get some of this lore given to you in a long form delivery, and you're going to get some in like quick hits." Yeah. And, you know, we, I think the long form was episode one and two, like, okay, he gets out of the pit that was short, but then the long form, all right, how does he become the nomad? All right. We've seen that now. Uh, He's, he's helping them out because they're getting fucked with and he was accepted into the tribe. So moving forward, I I don't think you're wrong that the present timeline may start to become the dominant and we just get quick hits. Uh, they're still, we know from the trailer that they still owe us the return to the palace to get the ship with Fennec. Mm. Uh, we know from the trailer in the present timeline, we still need to have the big dinner. That's, that's why I think the big dinner is going to be in episode three. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a dinner, but we know he's meeting with these other vassals and, and letting them know, like, listen, fuckers, like why you guys want to fuck with me? Let's all band together against these other assholes, these twins and, uh, you know, let, let's kind of keep our thing on Tatooine going sweet and uh, profitable for us all. And uh, back to the twins real quick, and then we'll move on. I also think uh, part of the reason they're not so concerned or weren't so concerned about Jabba's territory is because more than likely they may be talking to another faction that rhymes with schmimps and schmom. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die on the hill at this point with Crimson Dawn in this series. I, I predicted it before the leaks, before anything, before the musical hints. So I'm sticking with it. They are going to be involved. And I, I think they're, I mean, him and Boba and Kira already have beef. At least Boba does with her for yes. more of the bounty hunters. Yep. Like he, he, he swore that he was going to kill her. In War of the Bounty Hunters. I don't know if his change might have softened him on that, but at least back then he was ready to kill. Yeah. But, you know, if the Pike does go back and they're like, hey, you know, this guy, uh, this off-worlder is with these Tuscans now and he's pretty capable of fucking with our operations and now wants us to pay him tolls, you could see where the, the, the syndicates and other crime organizations aren't going to take too fondly of that. So maybe that's where they kind of start fucking with him and fucking with the tribe and he he decides enough's enough i need my machines my armor i need to take control and really establish my presence as a ruler on tatooine so there's no more fuckery with my people yeah. and again his people are now the, the tuscans, tuscans not not all the dead clones yeah right the tuscans are his people all right 
don't worry, Kingdom Weird. Like Nick said, I think he's right. I think present timeline takes. Uh, yeah, it starts to tip back. If if not next episode, episode four for sure. Because I don't know really how much else you can spend back there. But I still think we're gonna get our Din Grogu appearance with him tracking them. Nick was right there. I know he's right. And uh, you know we got to see the the re- reclamation of the slave one. Yes, yes I said it. <laughs> okay, moving on. We gotta get we gotta get moving here. All right. This is no longer a rumor, by the way, and I kind of hate myself for not checking it out. But last week, a lot of people were kicking the tires on Dave Filoni is the one is the writer behind Chapter Six of the Book of Boba Fett, and ultimate which leads episode. a lot of fans. Yeah, like Nick and I'd be like, okay, well, that means it's going to be the best in terms of of lore strokes, and uh, it, it may may be the one where we get a massive character reveal, even bigger than uh, Santi, but. If I would have just went to the fucking Disney Plus media site and pulled down the fact sheet, I could have verified this probably months ago. Uh, I, I pulled it up this morning after seeing someone else finally had some effort to go look it up too. But this comes right from Disney. This is legit. Yeah. It's up on the screen right now if you're on the live stream. Right here. Dave is on episode six, but he co-wrote it with John. Yeah. All right. So this isn't like the other Dave episodes where he, I believe, was wrote and sole direct. writer. Yeah. Uh, so yes, this is true. Dave is in charge, did have a hand in writing the story for episode six, but so did John. Uh, it does not confirm this sheet does not confirm which episode Dave directed, but come on. If he, yeah, if he wrote it, if, he if episode six, the only one he is getting a writing, writing credit on John has all the rest. Come on. Yeah. You know, two plus two equals four in this case. Yeah. He, he's directing episode six. And as Nick said, in a lot of series, it didn't really play out in The Mandalorian. At least season two, it didn't. Uh, I think season one, uh, nah, yeah, nah. Season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was episode seven in season one, did you consider that to be more of like, a, oh, or was it eight when they had the fight and then at the end you see the dark scene? No, saber. that nah, was the big was one. I think the, the, the yeah. best example of like the penultimate being clearly better recently was Bad Batch. Bad Batch S one. Yeah. Okay. Was yeah. I, I was thinking, but there, there. It seems like certain franchises pick one method over the other. Either save the the big one for the finale, or blow your wad in the penultimate and then use the finale to set up the next season. Yeah. Game of Thrones comes to mind as a franchise that followed that almost exclusively until they decided that the show needed to suck. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. in Game of Thrones, like all the big stuff always happened in like episode nine and then like the dust would settle and, and they would set up the, the, the season, the next season with a cliffhanger of sorts. Yeah. Um, but anytime Floney's involved, you know, in Mandalorian season one, I believe it was the, uh, the first episode you got the Grogu reveal in Mandalorian season two, it was the Ahsoka episode. Duh. So I, I don't know. I mean, is this, is this where we bring in Cad Bane? That's what my uh, first thought. Was, There's yeah. some people are like, oh, it could be you know Rex and Ahsoka. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Like I, they, but why, Ahsoka and Boba, like they don't. Why, they I was say, why would they be in this show? Right. Like, there's no uh, reason for them. Han, to be Han and Chewie all buy into 100. Yep. percent They they make tons of sense to show up in this show. 100. percent Either in a flashback or e- even in the present. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. I mean. I know they didn't develop it too much in the first season, but you get, we got to remember Boba has a sister, a twin sister. 
a sister. Obi-Wan, <laughs> hid you at? Uh, so, Omega clearly has potential for the series. I just don't know if they've primed her enough in the cartoon yet for her dumping into live action. Yeah. But she would be the same age as Fett. She's going to have the same skill set just genetically built into her. And you'd have to expect if she spends a good part of her young life with the Bad Batch, she could possibly skills. be even more of a badass warrior than Boba himself. Yeah. Um, and that's a Dave creation. I mean, anything animated, Dave is the god of that, just like he is with with most other things. But that those are his babies, right? These are the these are the stories and characters that he has now been cooking up on his own without Papa Lucas. Yeah. So I'm looking more like what are the characters directly associated to Boba Fett in his past, maybe even in Mando, and, and to me that that it's Omega, Han, Chewie, Cad. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't I, see I, the club. I don't see Rex making sense. I don't see Ahsoka making sense. No. I don't want, if it is Han and Chewie, I don't want it to be Harrison. Like it's, I look and don't take this the wrong. I love Harrison Ford. He is mentally done with star Wars. I mean, he's far, far past admitted that. And then also you would have to do so much de-aging work on him that, you're kind of missing the point of bringing the characters in. Like if you're going to have Han and Chewie in there and I, and, and this is my reason for just not wanting Han and Chewie to be in this show at all. It should be Alden rightfully because he is, you know, he is the act of Han Solo that's in star Wars right now, but it also like you have to have good suspension of disbelief because you're now working in an area oh, where yeah. this is, no, this was, was fucking say. Han's you, prime. <laughs> Like this was yeah. when, when I mean, Harrison was Han and like, I, I don't know. Yes. I know tone says that like, you know, they saw Ford on set or supposedly saw Ford on set. I don't want it to happen. I don't want, I don't want Harrison like de aged 50 years in this show. Like just don't bring in Han and Chewie if that's your idea. Or if you do it, bring in Alden. Like it's. And you're not wrong. And it- I think if they did Alden, a lot of people's heads would explode just because that's how Star Wars fans are. It's like, are. look, you gotta like people like Star Wars bitches out there need to realize that it's not fucking 1975 anymore. <laughs> like, let's just let's, let's yeah hashtag Star Wars bitches get yeah, it trending. Like, like it's, it's Nick just said it. Let's yeah, do it. it. It's not we're we're not in the in the 70s and 80s anymore, people. Like, if you want to live in that timeline exclusively, like go for it and enjoy your time. <laughs> you know, like flares are coming back so you can keep wearing your fucking bell bottom jeans and shit. But like, look, Star Wars has moved on from that time period and needs to, to survive. And if, if like the crazy people out there think that every, every problem can be solved by bringing back a 70 plus year old actor and just making them look young, then you're brain dead. Like you need help. So like, this is a situation where bringing in fucking Harrison Ford to play Han Solo in in this TV series is just straight wrong. It's like you shouldn't do it. Yeah, this I, I this mean, is my favorite part of the show. Like when Nick gets angry, it's the best thing. I just, just let him go. Let him go. It's just I don't know. I mean, and look, you know, they they did a good job when when they used Luke, but that also for the most part, like all the cool shit that people point to, that wasn't even Mark Hamill. Like that was some guy that they put Mark Hamill's face on and right. then Mark Hamill spoke three lines. So like 
if that if it's but something he didn't like, even do, they didn't even use his voice. We learned yeah, they that in the end. <laughs> Back. The, the version of Luke was as as computer generated as a guy. Like every even yeah. the voice they they had to modulate from old clips to make him sound the same. So, what if it's you know what if it's a casual thing like may, maybe this like a stinger almost where it's just de-aged Harrison sitting down not doing any action type of work, but him and Boba kind of having a, a reconciliation. No. Like all right, now no. you're you're it's, you're it's, you're out hundred percent. It's time to move on. And like, we've already moved on. Like this guy is in a movie as Han Solo. People are clamoring for more solo content with him in it playing Han Solo. So like, if that's happening, if that's, if the fandom really does want to see more Alden as Han, this, and you want to do it, like bitches, just bring it, bring it right here. This is the time to do it. I mean, and that's the thing is like, we didn't have another Luke Skywalker. If we had another Luke Skywalker, I'm sure that that would have been brought into the conversation for like, well, maybe this person plays Luke at the end of Mando S2, but we don't, there's no other Luke. So, and you know, having a new Han, having a new Han that, that people want new content for, if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. Um, just, just pull the bandaid off. Is yeah, what Nick's like, saying. Just look, get dude, used to it. You got your closure with 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 Harrison Ford as Han, and look, you may not have liked the movies, but he was in them. And that moment, I don't care if you didn't like if you didn't like uh, Rise or whatever, but that moment between Han and Kylo when they're standing on the wreckage of the Death Star, that was his goodbye. Like like he yeah. like that was that was Harrison Ford saying, "Look, I've done everything that I can for this franchise, and that I need to do in this franchise, and I wish you." all well and it was a beautiful moment i don't care if you if you hated the movie if you break down that that individual moment it was very powerful and yeah. that was a perfect send-off for harrison Ford's han solo uh it is time to move on <laughs> i almost i feel like we, nick has just started a movement so i, I want people to start i want t-shirts created <laughs> hashtag star wars bitches <laughs> and 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 then the the, the main slogan is Fuck old Han Solo. Do it. Make, make the shirt. <laughs> I love it. But this, and like, here's oh, here's it. another thing too is like, for all of us out there who have been Star Wars fans our whole life, you have to be mentally prepared for these people to die now. Like, Harrison Ford yeah. is in his late seventies, almost eighties. Well, they're almost all dead. We're 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 getting there, man. It's down yeah. to Mark. I mean, you have uh, the Harrison. two, but that's the thing is like, you have the two main mains left. So like, people dealt with Carrie pretty hard but then like once harrison and mark go that's it i mean like there there's who else are you gonna cling to from the past you know i got and like you have to like like i said just have to be able to to fucking move on from that shit so this this is this is where the show becomes my favorite thing to do every (laughs) week and i'm I'm not even trying i'm not even pushing his button i'm letting him go i don't necessarily disagree with nick here uh, I, but I also wouldn't be, I feel like if they put Harrison Ford in now, Nick should record himself throwing his remote at his TV and saying, <laughs> fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I, like, I, I wouldn't be as upset as Nick would be, but I totally see his point. So one, we'll leave one, it at that. One buddy. six shooter says that I'm clinging to the EU <laughs> as desperately as, as he's clinging to the OT. But like, I don't really talk about the EU unless it's brought up by other people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This is old, old, old EU. They lo- hey, man, they love you for it. <laughs> Keep it up. 
Keep it old up. EU, Keep that hate flowing yeah, through you. I, I like old EU, but it's also dead and none of that shit matters. So <laughs> I, I'm going to have to get a one six shooter to retouch our logo and change your robe from brown to black yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, like, because that's what's going to happen right. is like they'll put Alden in it and people are going to bitch. But it's like <laughs> Harrison Ford's fucking 80 years old. Like, it's time I, got to move on. I got you, man. There you go. Like 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 Kylo and Batter saying, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. And Nick just fucking murdered. Can Harrison you believe Ford. can so you believe that go. Harrison Ford is older than Ian McDermott? Ian McDermott's only 77. And Harrison Ford is gonna turn 80 this year. Yeah. That's crazy. Because Ian well, has yeah, looked it, older we than, than Harrison his whole life. <laughs> well, we do we I mean I'm sure we could dig up a shot, but do do we have a shot of Ian when he did return the uh, Jedi? Or oh, like, return I'm the sure Jedi? He didn't look, uh, yeah, because they they had him all, you know, they had him all. Yeah, like he was all old. He was all old and, and out. Um, right. He still, dude. I'm, like he still looked old. He's got like, I don't know. I have I have to d- dig a little bit, but um, it's all right. Yeah. You, you make fine points, my friend. It was just, hey, it was fun. I, I enjoy that stuff, and, and clearly the fans do too. So if you want to get in and, and watch this stuff live and see Steam come out of Nick's ears, make sure to check out the live stream on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Get in the chat. We got a very lively chat today, so kudos to the super fans. We love you, and we speak your names. <laughs> so there you go. Dave Filoni's definitely on episode six, but it is co-written by John, and you just have to figure that he will be directing it so it's probably going to be one of the more memorable episodes of the season if not the one with multiple oh shit moments yeah but on the topic of oh shit moments we know for a fact now thanks to our buddy uh tem that he kind of let slip before ming na had to put a hand on his knee like calm down homeboy uh, but in a recent interview, and he, he's probably just getting fatigued at this point and is ready to just say, hey, in episode seven, this happens, this happens, yeah. this fucking happens. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going home. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but in a, in a recent interview, they're, they're talking about, you know, we, we've been hearing this surprises, surprises, so many surprises. And, and we definitely have had a few already in just two episodes. Uh, but this quote here. I mean, he, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of being a little little bit of a shithead, but he's like, hey, yeah, yeah. Yes, full of surprises. The Book of Boba full of surprises series. Yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. Ooh, wait till episode seven. Wow. <laughs> All right. And, and that, at that point, that's where Ming-Na was like, yeah, enough. Stop it. Uh, and, and yeah, people, we, we do know you diehards. I, I also have heard about him letting slip uh, something about a gunship. All right. Um, I, I don't know if that's a part of the wow moment or I think everyone, when they heard gunship, maybe that's why they thought clones would be involved. Rex, maybe. Is it I, I figure there's more than just one type of gunship in Star Wars, but I don't know. I don't get like that too deep in the to vehicles or whatnot. Um, but what, what do you think to you, Nick? If we're getting surprises, episode one, two, three, four, five and six and, and we've had. What could be getting this guy saying, wait until the finale? Wow. I mean, like, maybe is this that's the rank. The thing that's going to drive you nuts. Okay. Yeah. That's I think one. Like, that would be a wow moment. If I was, if I was Tim and I'm like going 
Like, okay, I'm playing Boba Fett. One of the fucking coolest things that I could do is like swing onto a Rancor and fucking ride that thing. And like, if it's on right. a battlefield and he's like killing people and like the Rancor stepping on him, picking him up and throwing them like that shit would be wow. For sure. Wow. For like, sure. Yeah. That, sure. That's my, that's the first thing that goes to my head is like, this is like the, there's going to be a battle. I don't know like what's going to happen or how it's going to break out, but this is when that fucking Rancor moment is going to happen. Cause that shit is going to be wow. You're right. <laughs> that, that would be a wow m- moment. What about, yeah. what, what, what's your guess on a wow um, character reveal or lore revelation? I think it, it, for me seeing Kira and I, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, I think there was a rumor. I saw a rumor. I don't, I don't even know. This may have been bullshit. Um, but there's like, oh, there's a solo character or, you know, is going to get their own TV show or something like that, which we already know for Lando. So maybe somebody just got confused and forgot that Lando was making his own show. But if they bring in Kira and then they spin off Kira into like the Crimson Dawn series that we heard rumors about, then that would be, oh, that would be a wow. That would be a, a big yeah. wow. Seeing Amelia show up is a wow character for but sure. But then like, does Tim even know who fucking... Kira is like Tim as a person, obviously, you know, Boba knows who Kira is, but like this. Well, I, I would think at this point doing interviews, I mean, he, he shot the season, so he's been, he knows what's happening. Yeah. I'm sure Dave fed him the lore. Like he, he Tim's very, uh, outright or forthright. Yeah. You know, Ming Na's like, listen, I'm a fucking super fan. This shit is like, I, I geek out when we're on the set. I'm screwing around going like pew, pew, pew. Where Tem's always been like, yeah, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know, you know, Boba, Boba Fett's uh, fifth generation grandfather. But yeah. I have people like Dave Filoni on set and John, the kind of. That's why, uh, like for me, that's why I was like, if Tem, if that's his reaction, Tem's reaction, it's probably something that's going to be more like, boom. It's not going to be like a deep cut. Like Kira's not even a deep cut, but like, I don't think Tim would be like, Oh my God, Kira's here. That means Crimson Dawn yeah. and all this other, like he, he's like, I got yeah, to ride a fucking a rancor, point. bitch. That's- like that's wow. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. wow for me. So it's just like the context. I'm going to bite on, I'm going to bite on kingdom of weird here. He's been throwing this one out here <laughs> for a little bit, but if you remember him back oh, yeah. to the future too, Michael J. Fox <laughs> plays his sister. Yeah, Kingdom of Weird thinks the wow moment is gonna be Tem in a blonde wig playing Omega. <laughs> like he just shows up, he's like, "Hey, it's Ricka, Ricka and Teak. Yeah. I'm here. It's Omega." <laughs> that would be fucking fantastic. I would, I would like to see Tem in a blonde wig. Oh, that would be fun be just to look. Yeah, at. I'm just trying to think of like what would he like? What would he as a person be excited about? Not like what would Star Wars fans like us be excited about? And I think that, like, I think something hey, like Tones, that. Tones, I think, uh, sorry to cut you off. Tones just threw a good one out here that you may, you may be able to stomach. What if it's just like a, a quick look at the Millennium Falcon landing or taking off or, you know, something like that where, you, you know, it's like, hey, we don't even have to show Han Solo, but you know, you know, it's them or, or like he comes and uh, takes Kira away. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place yeah, here. I mean, I, I'm with you because, hey. I laid down my gamut before all this stuff happened and, and I'm still going to, I will die on the sword if I have to, but I, I'm going with the big thing through the whole season is going to be the Crimson Dawn reveal and Amelia 
coming back to live action. And you see, so the thing I'm is, it's like on that. both of those could happen in episode seven, and we'll never know which one he thought was wow. Because like, wow, right. like theoretically, I mean, like, wow could be everything. Like yeah, the whole fucking thing is just like it could be the whole jaw dropping. But yeah, I mean, like, look, if they show the 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 fal, like, I think that would be weird though if they just showed the Falcon landing and you didn't see anybody come out of it. Like that would be an or odd like way. Like if Kira to, walked up the ramp or something, you know, it's kind of really give you the connection. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, you you would have to see Han and Chewie for it to really hit. Yeah, but, and then if, if yeah, that's I, how you I, the, like the rancor for sure. Rancor for sure is wowie, no doubt. Yeah, I think I think it's the rancor moment that that he's specifically talking about. But hey, I mean, who knows? <laughs> what about what about um. You know, th- through these remaining episodes, maybe he reaches out to the 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 hive, the bounty hunter guild. Yeah. What if, like last second save moment, the crew comes back, even though they they probably got some really bad blood, but eighty eight Zuckus, Lom, Bosk, Dangar. What if they all just show up as like almost like a hero save for their old dude? He like calls in a favor. Are they so? But. I guess it would be the ones left, right? Because, like, he wasted some of them, didn't he? Like, he killed well, Orlom, right? It, Bosk, he just, Bosk, Bosk, he just chopped up, so he was growing okay. back. So he's coming in, back. In, in, the, in the comics. So he, he's still on the table. 88 did get, did repair himself, or someone repaired him, and then he killed that someone. And I think he may be in league with Crimson Dawn at this point in time in the comics. Like, I can't really remember where he left off. Uh, Zuckus is definitely chill because he was working with these other factions in War of the Bounty Hunters, and Lom being a robot, I yeah, mean, I, I think someone just, just has to find them. his find his fucking find his head, head down yeah. by Jabba's palace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that could be kind of a like, oh hey, look at this. It's it, you know, yeah. it's the Motley crew coming back from that, the uh, Empire Strikes yeah. Back bridge. I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think that would be for sure. Um, we we're getting the Grogu. I like I I, I still. I mean, I, at one point in time, I spin my wheels how they do it and why Din would be in there. And you know, Din in the present could make sense since they technically helped each other. It could be a favor. But I think Nick called. I, I think Grogu and Din will be spotted from afar in a flashback. It, it, you may not even get any words from them, but Boba sees him, and that's where he's like, "Well, I, I should go check this shit out. This we haven't seen a Mando here in in quite some time." All right, yeah. we gotta get moving here for my for my boy. Yeah, we don't uh, release we don't have windows. <laughs> the, this comes from our buddy Greg who snaps. I don't know where he got it. All right, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. Nothing on Greg. He just didn't tell me where he, he got it, but he got it clearly from somewhere. Um, but we had this release window for Star Wars shows in 2022, and quite frankly, it just makes sense to me. And it, and it, for the most part, follows the cadence that Nick and I have talked about for, I mean, hell, months at this point, just knowing what we were going to get on the slate in 2022 in terms of Star Wars shows on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so if you're on the live stream and pull it up, it, it just, the only thing that flip-flop, in my guess, is Kenobi goes earlier than Bad Batch. Yeah, I will but say that there's... Nick and I, there is one thing that's very obviously wrong right at the fucking front of this. Boba Fett's not eight episodes. So, correct. Yeah. So, hey, like I said, we, we don't we don't know. Yeah, this could have just been some asshole like me putting this out there. But 
I really don't think it's off. And, it's and probably, hear me out. Like, yeah, they're probably right. There, there's some factual stuff to this. All right. So what it's saying is obviously we got Book of Boba right now. We're going to get a Disney gallery for it in February. Makes sense. It's happened for every Star Wars show and every Marvel show. It's just what they do now. You, you get the season. At the end of the season, you get the making of. Although I don't think Hawkeye's making of has come out yet. Or maybe it has. I just haven't paid attention. February then is Kenobi already. And that's the one I thought they may save for Star Wars Day. But as I was telling Nick earlier... Putting Bad Batch back in its initial slot, it just makes sense. That's how TV used to work before streaming. Every year, you know, you knew that, hey, the new slate of shows are going to come out in, you know, September, go all the way to December, take a break, and then they'll finish their season in the spring. And that happened on a cyclical basis every year. So it only makes sense to me, if you're looking at this on the live stream, that Bad Batch is slotted again for that, that uh, late, uh, the spring to summer run. Yeah. We've also, and I've seen this on my own Disney Plus account. If you're on the stream, I, I scroll down a little bit. But in the coming soon section, where titles that are coming soon, like Eternals is, is coming tomorrow, in fact. Obi-Wan Kenobi is listed in that section. Nothing else is from Star Wars. I, I didn't see Bad Batch in there. I didn't see Andor in there. So... I am inclined to believe, if, if this thing is uh, legit, that Obi-Wan Kenobi could be our next show after Book of Boba Fett, taking us into March. Then we get his behind the scenes, hopefully. Then Bad Batch, which again would be running during their original time slot. Then Andor, July to October. This, again, based on a Disney earnings call, lines up to what was reported on that call. They said Andor should release during Disney's Q4, which if you look it up, their Q4 just so happens to take place over the summer. Yeah. And then after that, we have a droid story, which we haven't heard shit on since... It was announced. You know, what, uh, <laughs> 20, the 2020, 2020 thing. They're saying it's going to be an animated movie that drops in October after, after Andor's gallery. And then just as we've all guessed and... We've said it here multiple times. Mando season three hits November to December. So while we can't confirm the source here, and it should just be taken as a rumor, I do 100% think this makes sense. This this schedule makes sense to me. What say you? Yeah, no, it does make sense, 100%. Um, this will be, like, if this is the true thing, then we're in for a way more packed 2022 than we did for 2021 oh dude i I, i'm looking at this going shit's gonna suck for me yeah it's gonna be until like december (laughs) i mean you don't really i'm gonna have like real real fake star wars work to do pretty much every wednesday (laughs) through next year yeah like come on i like i want to be lazy a little bit you know there's a reason we're not that big of a channel it's because i'm a fucking lazy ass sometimes but uh oh well yeah i mean Uh, i i do hope this plays out because i i think don't you feel like just rolling off of Fett and these flashbacks and time on Tatooine? It almost makes sense to just roll into Kenobi, huh? Yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, it's it, right. it makes sense to me. Like we're so used to. I mean, I guess over the last two years, having it be like live action animated, live action animated, where you're kind of flopping the two visual styles back and forth. But it makes sense because there are a lot more live action series now than there are animated. Um, 
especially since Clone Wars is wrapped. Bad Batch is your only animated series that's actively in development, at least that we know of. Um, so yeah, I, I like this setup. I like this setup. And but I, I and tones. I'm not like I know at one point in time I was like they would never run Marvel and Star Wars concurrently, but they've already to. broke that rule. They, they, well, they yeah. already broke it. I mean, Bad Batch ran alongside. Uh, I believe Loki. Yeah. And then book ran alongside uh, of Hawkeye for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is like, there's really no break in this schedule. Like there's not a month where you don't have new star Wars, Yeah, which is, so, hey, hey well, I mean, that's totally fine if they want to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I would assume that they would have at least built in a little bit of a content break, but I guess since they have so much shit, then they don't really need to. Be, I mean, I hope it does play out because, I mean, I, I'm still of the thinking that Kenobi could be some of the greatest OT era content ever created, if not the greatest, if it plays out the way we're hoping and have heard about. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. I, I'm 100% you know, you know any, anything, anything Vader in, in Kenobi, like, come on. I, I, I'm also, I have high hopes for Andor, too. I mean, I, I think that it's probably not going to get as much hype and love as a Kenobi because it's not as prominent in the fandom. But in terms of fans that love lore and learning about where characters came from and how things kind of came to be that you've already seen, it, like me, I think it, it, it has high potential. And then clearly... We all know Mando season three is going to be a banger. So it, yeah. it is, this is the the biggest year for Star Wars TV to date since this little project started two years ago. And that is awesome. Yeah, for sure. So cool stuff. Good grab by Greggy. I don't know where he got it from, but uh, good on you, Greg. Keep those sources coming. There you go. <laughs> it was something, something to talk yeah. about. And, and like I said, it, the roadmap does kind of make, make sense, sense in my it, head, it really but so, which means it won't play out that way. And, and they'll say like, uh, you know, Hawkeye season two is a surprise February release. Kenobi has been canceled or something <laughs> like that. That would be. Okay, Nick, we got uh, one more before the fan segment here and it's about the new uh, KOTOR remake that you kind of put up yeah. here. Something about what we got. They're, they're going to let people play it differently. Different play modes. Um, the best way that I that I described this in the piece was that for those of you who've played Final Fantasy VII Remake know that you can play it essentially, I mean, really four different ways. You could play it in classic mode, which is the classic turn-based style that you saw in Final Fantasy VII, the original one. You have the me, huh? <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, hopefully, they did they did they talk about like a fan, uh, an FF7 remake mode where it does everything for they, you and you just have to sit there and hold the controller. They did not actually. The the oh, the, the the Reddit thread itself was pretty fucking bare, <laughs> but like the guy basically says like they're gonna have different play modes and that's it. That's the only thing that he says. Um, <laughs> but if you've seen recent remakes like FF7 remake you know what they what they mean. Like classic mode, turn-based style. So classic mode, if they do this in KOTOR, would mean the old like kind of pause and go, queue up your moves style of play. And then you will have more than likely, just like Final Fantasy VII Remake, a more action-oriented action RPG type of mode where you take full control of your character's movements, your move base, and everything like that, and you string together combos on your own which I think would be perfect for this. Now, whether there's going to be 
you know, a, a, a movie mode kind of like for, for Matt, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. that's yet to be seen, but having different play mode actually makes sense. Cause the first, I think the first thing that I said when this was announced was like, if, if they make me play it like that, like I've played it already probably four or five times through, yeah, you'd be pissed. I'd be like, come on, man. Like it also like the visuals to me wouldn't really match up with that style of gameplay. Like, I don't know if they're no dude. It was so, I mean, it was, we're talking literally turn base. Like it would stop. Yeah. You, you could stop the you game. You could literally just go, pause the game. I, I want to do a beep, 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 point. boop, boop, bop. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd unpause it and he'd run forward and go whack, whack, whack. Yeah. Dude, you know, it's, whack, whack, it's whack. funny too. Cause like Ooh. you could pause it. Like you could literally, you could do this in Skyrim too. So this isn't like really out of the, out of the fucking realm, but like you could literally pause the game as you were about to die, uncue all of your combat moves and just queue up straight, like either healing force, like uh, force abilities or all <laughs> yeah. med packs. And then you would just be right. back to full, like nothing. <laughs> like, so the, the, the combat style was cool and it fit for what it was back in the early 2000s. But like now a game like this being remade definitely deserves more of an action-based combat system that you can actually like, like be physically like wowed by like, holy shit. I just fucking pulled off this combo. This is pretty sick. I hope to God it is not like Jedi fallen. I hope so too. Like if it's like you do that, I'm going to vomit. If it's like final fantasy seven remakes version of the, like their new combat style, I'd be totally fine with it. Cause it's still like sign me to fuck up. Like I said, I I know people, I, you know, I, I make an ass out of myself talking about how I like playing those modes, but I'm telling you people try it. If anything, it's a it's an achievement in video game artificial intelligence. Yeah. Like I'm not fucking around in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Outside of like dialogue, and I think when you're not fighting, you you may have Move to like actually character. control Cloud to to different areas. Yeah. But outside of that, you can sit there and in battles, boss battles, whatever. It just it just fucking takes over for you. You don't have to do anything. You just you just like eh. yeah, dude. I mean and. It's great. I mean, to me, for someone that has played this game multiple times, I'm still most engaged in a narrative in in anything I do. So fuck it. Yeah. Sit back, relax, watch some nice polished KOTOR visuals play out. It'll be like I'm I'm, I'm a director of a movie. You know, I just every once in a while have to do some dialogue and open a door. And we're off to the races. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, like... No stress gaming. Two, two things from the chat, one from Big Amish and then one from Caesar, says, never play KOTOR looking That's forward a good to point. the remake. And then yeah. I put this in the article, too. Like, if you're, if you're younger than 30 years old, like, you really don't have an appreciation for KOTOR, more than likely. Um, yeah, you've probably spoiled it for yourself. Yeah. I, I'd imagine most people just... I mean, it's it's... It's hard to call it a spoiler when the game's what twenty almost twenty years. I mean, old it's now? it's it came out in 03. so yeah, it's nineteen yeah, it's, it's years getting old. There. It's it's long in the tooth, yeah. so I'm not gonna feel bad about that. But that was still when that game came out, everything about it was magical. But it was the the fucking ending where yeah. no one, because you know, internet was still bullshit back then. No one knew anything. No one knew that twist was coming. You had no fucking clue. I mean, yeah, there there were hints along the way. But when it happens, you're like, you're like, fuck, they just pulled this off in a video game. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, for me, it's twofold. Like, yes, you can pay. Um, like, I don't think you have to 
pay homage in the combat system to the game. Like, I don't think they even needed to make that necessary. No. In my opinion, it, it's too archaic. It, yeah. it, it goes back to what you were telling me earlier about, you know, Nick's like, oh, I just beat Ratchet and Clank. I tried to go back to Horizon Zero Dawn. I just couldn't do the gameplay. And he's talking about a four-year difference in gaming yeah. advancements. We're talking about almost 20 years difference yeah. in advancements. So I think most people, even purists like me, would be like, nah, I don't want to deal with this 2003-style gameplay. Like it's, it's nice. Like To me, it's nice that they're even going to give you the option to play like that. Because that probably had to be true. a bitch to make that game mode again. Fuck yeah, yeah. it's like a whole other team just to do that, yeah. just to, for that gameplay mode. Yeah. So, All right, well, I mean, I, I like that they're going to give you the option to to play it not like that. That's the reason that I'm kind of attracted to it now. Um, so, so it's cool to see that they've taken a cue from Final Fantasy VII remake and been like, hey, look, we'll yeah. give you the old, yeah. but we're also going to give you something new. Uh, All right. Yeah. And I'd imagine we'll, we'll probably get more looks at this game as the video game season comes in the full swing in terms of like the, Hey, this is what we're doing season, which usually kicks off in March and runs through hell most of the summer. Yeah. Uh, probably not going to get back to the, the, the shows like we used to the PAXs and the GDCs and the E3s and the, uh, Gamescom and Tokyo game show, all that fun stuff. But that's usually when you get the big, or, or you know, maybe a trailer, gameplay, tra- gameplay stuff, shit like that. Yep, yep. I still, I mean, th- this game's probably still what a, a twenty-three title at uh, best. Yeah, I would say Q two twenty-three because I mean, the right. only reason that we actually know about it is like, I don't like you know, they recently did like the official reveal, but like we knew about it yeah, long Sony ago. Yeah, Sony did like a cinema. Yeah. That's right. There was a leak, and then I think this this fall, late fall, that Sony did finally, finally like okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're we're doing yeah. it. All right. Uh, and now, well, that brings us into the the fan segment, my friends, yeah. and everyone loves the fan segment. Just a quick refresher here. I know it probably gets annoying for you super fans, but that's why we love you. <laughs> just keep spreading the word, right? We 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 do this stuff just in case new people listen. Although based on the numbers, I doubt that's the case. Either way, we do a fan segment every show. So if you want to get involved, your best way to do so is to be following us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. We launch with the question of the week which gets uh, put up on our Instagram account every Tuesday, both in the story and as a post. You just got to leave a comment and we may choose to read it on the show and dissect it, maybe make fun of your grammar skills or your opinion. All right. So if you're up for that, you know what to do. And then the next segment after question of the week is our bread and butter. What we're known for in the toy photography community. And that is our top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. So, Nick, before we get to your picks, let's go ahead and see what the fandom had to say about the book of Boba Fett S1 E2, which was our question of the week. I, I, I added a little negativity in again. <laughs> right, so what was your favorite or least Lord. favorite part? Because that seems to to get Star Wars fans excited if it's negative, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, listen, I'm a very negative person in almost all <laughs> aspects of my life, but Star Wars is one thing that has not been tainted by my pessimism and negativity. Believe it or not, I'm I'm usually Holding pretty strong. fucking positive about all things Star Wars. It took me a decade or so to to come around in the prequels and not let them affect my my real life, but. I've gotten there. I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> positive with Star Wars. All right, here we go. 
Oh, here we not go. Okay, there we go. All right, so the question of the week, what was your favorite or least favorite part from episode two of The Book of Boba Fett? And Nick, what do we got here? First up. Starting with our boy Tones. We have Tones. You could tell Tones was excited because the first lines. Yeah, let me take caps. this one because I, I, I like to do the, uh, <laughs> yeah. like I'm acting and really enunciate. So bear with me, people. I'll, I'll back up from the mic a bit because Tones went full caps. Holy fucking shit. That episode was absolutely phenomenal. So, so much awesome content. Huts, pikes, and unmasked pikes at that. More Camino, which looked gorgeous, and black fucking Kersitan. That's made the series for me and opens him up to appear in Kenobi as he had a run-in with him. So good to see JF and DF using source material. Couple of minor gripes, the perspective looked a little off on the approach to the palace and inside the Rancor pit, and the tricky little bugger-like tricky little Sleemo would have sounded better. Oh, and Mullet Guy. Mullet, yeah. <laughs> mullet, LOL, mullet LOL, guy. LOL, LOL. Mullet Guy right. was fucking... <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Tones. How'd I do? Did I capture your feelings for that one? It. it was a good one, yeah. Okay. Well, all right, next up. Amusing King says, I love learning about and seeing more of the Tuscans. I was definitely hyped for the present day Boba, but these flashbacks have been great to see his growth and character development. Amen. The train scene was epic and loved him crafting his gaffy stick. Yeah. True. Definitely. True. On, on the train. True statement. With Mr. True Mr. statement. King. Next up, your favorite guy. Yes. He's back. Every time Grief Cardboard comments, we, we just got to sneak it in there. Uh, he said, my favorite part was when the twins made their appearance. The sweat rag, quote unquote rag, because it was a rat being used, was fucking hilarious. I also thought it was yeah, great it was to see one. the pikes. I know we've seen them in Solo and Clone Wars, but have we seen them without their masks on? Least favorite. Not until now. Not until now. So you, you got it. Least favorite part or parts says, uh, may have been the receptionist at the mayor's office and lack of cardboard appearance. It's all for, for grief cardboard. Whenever grief cardboard is not in it, it's a it's a it's a yeah. least favorite part. <laughs> now grief grief cardboard. If if they comment, they they make it. See, dude, right? I, that's I just, actually that's how it is. Yeah, I actually disagree. I like the receptionist at the mayor's office because he was like completely oblivious to who Boba Fett yeah. was. He was like, do you have right. an appointment? No. And then I get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm with I you. Like, like I, I know tones didn't like him. It doesn't seem like uh grief dug him too much, oh, but I, yeah, I, I thought he played his role. Perfectly, oh yeah. I thought that was great because it just goes to show you that like, like Boba Fett has always, I mean like in bounty hunters and, and like people in this galaxy in general always have an inflated sense of self, especially when you work in the <laughs> underworld. And he, so do, so do fans yeah, of apparently so. And then like, he just walks up to the, to a guy like he's just, dude, this dude is a clock puncher on the, on the clock. He's like, look, man, you don't have a fucking appointment. Why are you bothering yeah, me? Beat <laughs> yeah, it. Get out of here. <laughs> I thought that was, it perfect. was, it, it was like, uh, maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it was like the, the humor and Tone Tone just saying he just felt, didn't though. like his I don't, look. I, I don't, I don't really know. Remember like, to me, I, it seemed like it was one of uh, Robert's yeah. like extended relatives. He's like, "Hey, you want to you want to come down and get in Book of Boba Fett today? You got a sweet stash and mullet, so yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap a hat on you. You'll be a receptionist <laughs> for the mayor." Yeah, no, dude, I thought it was fucking great. Well, um, thank you, cardboard. We always love to see you. All right, the the Imperial Communique says, 
I'm still trying to figure out what the hook of the show is. I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not clear to me what's motivating Fett or why he's doing what he's doing. Unlike hmm. the Mandalorian, which had a clear hook and perfect character motivation. So the thing about this is I think that we're, we've talked about it a lot. Like the past, the flashbacks are telling us why he's doing what he's doing now. So we haven't yeah. really gotten the hook yet, but that's, what's cool about this is like, you're seeing what's going on in the present, but the past right. that we're seeing is informing it. Like we're getting in little bits, like why he chose to walk this new path that he's walked now. So someone needs to get the Imperial communique listening to our breakdowns because yes. maybe that would maybe help. That'll like instead of it. just instead of fighting this person in their in their comment, because, you know, I could I could I could take the, the path of like what what fuck show are you watching? Yeah. But instead of saying that. Go ahead. Rewind this. Maybe I'll remember to put timestamps in the video again, which are kind of helpful for the for those of you that may uh, watch the live stream after it's been recorded. I was on a roll putting in timestamps so you could just kind of skip the segments you wanted to listen to. But I've, again, during my four weeks of debauchery and not working, I've kind of let that go. Uh, but seriously, if anyone knows this person and want to reply to them, let them know, like, hey, just, just check out their breakdown. Maybe, maybe we'll, um, but to me, the motivation is going to be some sort of atrocity committed against the Tuscans. Yeah, I, I think that um, that's good. That, that, that's his motivation to, to get his stuff back. And then after he, you gotta remember, he he didn't go after Din to help him. He went after him to get his fucking armor, and then he realized, like, all right, by me doing that, I kind of got your kids stolen. So <laughs> now that I'm a, a better person and believe in family, and I have one of my own now, I'm I'm gonna help you out for this. Yeah. But you gotta remember, right after he helped him out and picked up Fennec, they went right back to the fucking palace to start this crime lord shit. So. Yeah. I'm sticking with that, and hopefully Imperial Communique listens to the breakdown, and we have now shed clarity upon the motiv motivation. Hopefully so. Oh, whoa, hey, whoa, watch out. I'm getting happy fingers here. <laughs> Going too far. Oh, jeez. Too far. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. Last up this week is Zabrak Captain. He says, my favorite part is the last 10 minutes, Boba Fett achieving his Tuscan 100%. clothes and making his new gaffy. I love it. I mean, yeah, that was yeah, a no. huge moment. I, I said as much i mean to me everything from the the, the spirit walk on I, I know most fans probably didn't dig it because he's not flying around on a jetpack and smashing heads but i've always been someone that loves the uh, intricacies of of lore and what makes a character do what they do and it, just seeing him go through that that uh, you know the spirit walk essentially yeah. and, and coming back and and molding his stick and making that stick we saw him using so expertly in the Mandalorian, the same stick we saw on his back in the silhouette of Mando S2E1. I, I love all that shit. All those little payoffs that people are like, yeah, whatever. That stuff's golden. But like I said, the, the dance scene around the fire is one of my favorite little Star Wars moments at this point in time. Yeah. Just, just loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, all the stuff that we're getting, right. I love the Tuscan side of this stuff. 100%. Well, Nick can count, so he ensured we only had five comments only today. Five. I'm usually the asshole. If we go more than five, it's my fault because I'll either take screenshots <laughs> earlier in the morning then forget it the afternoon and lump more in. But, yeah, five there. So, again, if you want to get mixed up on the show and appear in the fan segment, one way, if you're not into the art stuff, is through the question of the week. Every Tuesday at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram, look for the prompt in the stories or on our um, post wall or whatever, our feed, whatever the fuck you call it. Feed, post wall, whatever. But it's now it's time 
for what everyone, at least those that watch live, wants to see and hear, Nick, and that is this week's iteration of the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. So, you know the spiel at this point in time. Tag us. Use hashtag Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Uh, throughout the week, I will look through both of those, even though the tagging makes me want to stab my own balls and punch myself in the face because of the Instagram's new notification system. Uh, but I'm getting used to wasting my life going through, you know, like 60 <laughs> right. to 100 a day. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> click on it so you little dot goes away. Like, I can't handle oh, it, yeah. Nick. I can't handle seeing the dots. It's like, go away, go away, go away. So I have to do it multiple times throughout the day. But either way, I feature him throughout the week. And then Nick, on Monday, he breaks out his little crown. He gets his scepter and he starts, well, not, yeah, his sword and he starts knighting. Yes the new top five so that is where we're at buddy who do we got first first up this week is oh look at this you're on a canopio or canopy one two kick yeah so he made the top 10 last week and then he's gonna make the top five again this week i mean with a shot like this what can you do uh so kenobi one to on ig he has an amazing i guess his mashup shot here between a uh a snow trooper and Voltron? Is that Gundam? Oh, or it might be Gundam? a Gundam. It might be. I've no. I have no fucking like. I'm. I'm. I'm bad on all that. Yeah, me, me too. Stuff. I, I like never Gundam Attack on. Titan. I'm not a very in the know anime or this a type of person. He says Attack on Titan, and this is not. I don't think that's. It's not Attack on Titan. on Titan, but maybe it is something else that that you know he's just using as like a gun, like a a, a wordplay. But it, it on this it says Gundam photography, uh, on his there original post. So I assume it's a okay. Gundam. There so what go. we see is this is the snow trooper double guns uh, pulled out, ready to go. They're standing in a snowy field, obviously with some trees in the background. But over this, over the tree line is this, this massive Gundam that's walking up to walking up to the snow trooper. But this dude is dug in, ready to fight. Um, Kenobi One To is a master of uh, composite photography, and this it looks so realistic. It looks like this could be like a fucking movie shot. I don't know. And like, the thing is, is I don't know if the Gundam is a figure as well. Cause I know they make Gundam figures. So if, if he like, yeah, if I, I think he did a BTS and it, it was just a snow trooper and a white wall. Okay. So everything outside the trooper may be, um, digital. Yeah. I mean, but this composite is just, it just looks so fucking cool. Like the, like the difference in sizes between the two characters, right. but the way that he positions the shot, it makes the it it makes the stormtrooper or the snowtrooper I mean, look a, a, a lot. dork like me, Nick. I, I like that he's got his his rubber it, skirt yeah. flipped up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like like the you, you can sense a little bit of movement through that, and it is. I mean, Nick Nick said it all. Just uh, Kenobi one two or whatever. I, I, he told us at one point in time how to say his name, but we're both stupid. Yeah. Um, just yeah, putting out some fun stuff right now. It's like uh, the account came back to life and it had been posting regularly and, and getting some good stuff. So check them out. Yeah, that's definitely check them out at Kenno K E N O B number one T O on Instagram. Good stuff. Um, next up we have at Imperial underscore one, two, one, one. And one of these shots, like I, I love wartime photography in star Wars land, especially ones that use bucket heads. Um, and that's, you know, Imperial one, two, one, one's kind of go to, but this shot is so good. There's a depth of field because of the way he has the, the figure positioned behind this foliage in front of him. 
the water droplets. Yeah, it's like a forced persp- it's like forced perspective. perspective because you have that flower whatever is actually in the foreground. Yeah. The characters in the the background, but the way it's focused, the the foreground washes out. But mm. you're also getting that, like Nick said, the DOF in, in the background. Yeah, I mean it's just fantastic. The weathering, the the water droplets, the posing. I mean, this literally looks like a real soldier. Like if, you know, if scout troopers were real humans, like sitting in the brush waiting for a target or waiting for orders or something like that. It's just super clean, super simple, but just really captures the essence of that, you know, that job. Yeah, and I, I, I dig, I dig 1211. L- let's be real. Um, we kind of, when I did shoot, hey, by the way. Actually, I did two shoots last Look week. I this. finally got my my hot toy shot and put into the uh, cabinet. Nick, yesterday, I started uh, finally trying to organize some of the figures laying around and putting them putting them away. So it, it took almost all four weeks of my break, but I may fully achieve the three goals I set out for myself, which was to rewire, which I did, nice. to do at least one toy shoot. I hit two. Yep. And then to finally, I'm talking like it's going on three years at this point. Nick, I'm putting figures away from Solo. <laughs> oh, no. Which came out, oh, I think, in 2018 or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm working on that now. So I've, I've, I've like cleaned up the shitty side of the collectible room and I'm, I'm going to have to get to the shelves. And speaking of these, these glass shelves, like, let's be real. How often do you motherfuckers clean these things? Because I'm looking at mine right now and I'm going like, I, I think I may just leave them dirty for the rest of my life. They like, I, I don't care. You notice it. Like, just get dusty and smudgy. I just, I don't give a shit. But anyway, back to 1211, portrait. Like, I, I love his work because it, I, I can feel it. Like, you know, it's like a brotherhood of, of static photography. And it, like you said, it usually is of, of, the, of the empire. Uh, and I believe 1211 does both 112 and 16, but I think predominantly 16. Nice. Yeah, I mean. Hey, before we go on, yeah. I, um, I wanted to bring this up earlier. Check this out, people. Speak and you shall receive. I don't know if people uh, remember a few weeks back when we featured Sean Forney art, like one of his, his Mando print. Yep. Well, without even asking or paying money, the good man sent Nick and I our own printed out poster, mini poster copy. Yeah, that check it. That that's is how you do it. Next, next level kindness from Sean, and then that's also, I mean, that was that was a shot that that was featured in the top five. Uh, yeah, you know, a couple weeks ago. I mean, it is some beautiful stuff. Yeah, from he, Sean. he left a little note. Thanks for your yeah. thanks for your support for you and Nick. He sent one for me and one for Nick. So I got to get Nick's down there at some point in time. I'll try to do it before 2022 is <laughs> over. Uh, but that's much appreciative. That's the first time I think we've actually had someone that we talked about on the show. Uh, you know, sent no, uh, no. You've bought stuff. I bought I yeah. I bought, I bought a lot of stuff. And then oh, at one point in time, uh, I was uh, on like Jared sent me the replacement. Well, he sent me the there huge poster because the one that I bought from him got rained on. Um, so that was the that was the only other time I think somebody sent something to us for free, uh, which is yeah. Everything incredible. Kylo when he was still around, yeah. I remember getting like a Christmas print from yeah, him, yeah. and then Christmas at one point I was on work more or less as like Christmas Christmas print list, but I think I've been uh, excommunicated from that at this point. Did not get one this year. <laughs> 
yeah. but no, hey, listen, I'm just fucking around. We're we're not looking for anyone to send us anything for free. I think what Nick does is is fantastic, trying to help you all out that that are trying to sell your art. But we we also won't turn it down if you do send it to us. Yeah. So if you're out there and you want to send us shit, even like knickknacks and tchotchkes. Hit us up. We'll take it. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And look, I'll find places in my room to, to, to hang them or whatever. I'm running a little short on wall space now, so, but I'll find places to, to, to prop stuff up and to display. Anyways, um, at Imperial underscore 1211, good follow if you're into like a Star Wars portrait photography. 100%. All right. Next up, top five is at Brick Panda 82 and Brick Panda is a Lego, uh, photography, Specialist, and what we have is a recreation, scene recreation from episode one of Book of Boba, of Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit. So we see the pit in the background, and then we see the moment where Boba digs his way out of the sand, pulls himself onto the onto the Tatooine desert surface. Um, I mean, for being Lego photography, this is just so good. I mean, this is like, bro, just next this level guy. Shit. Like, I'm so glad that Brick Panda is back on a Star Wars kick, because l- let me just go over to the page here. He was on a Lord of the Rings for a bit. Right. It, it goes on themes, but but just look at it. I mean, the, the throne room shot, I believe I featured, the one you're doing, the, the Vader poster, and then today I, I featured as Luke hanging from uh, the ad ad. Yep. And what it is to me, it's like Brick Panda 82 it's almost like he's creating movie stills from a Lego movie. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like there's just a, a, another level of polish on these shots. And I don't know if it's cause they're all digital or what, but they just look amazing. Like they, they literally look like they're coming from a Hollywood production. Dude, It's, it's just like, fucking... the, just like the shot Nick's talking about. It's, it's ridiculous. Like how, it's weird to say, but like lifelike the Legos look. Yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Like this guy, like if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, like go back and look at his, his Lord dude. of the Rings stuff. Like he has a shot of when the fell like from fellowship, when they're going up the river and they reach the two Kings. Dude, yeah. Like that is fucking crazy. He's got really, the witch I king mean, with his sword on that. Like shit is wild. But yeah, this this Star Wars, like there, this shot is insane. There are a lot of great Lego artists out there, uh, but I, I really think Brick Panda to me is, is one of the best I've ever seen. It, it just, cause there is, I think there's a mix of practical, a mix of digital and it just, it, it makes the characters look larger than life. Yeah. And we all know how tiny uh, a Legos. little Lego figure is. I mean, they're, they're, they're called mini figs for a reason. I mean, it's just, Crazy, crazy talented uh, at Brick Panda 82, bringing his Lego stuff uh, to Book of Boba Fett episode one with this scene recreation. Absolutely beautiful stuff. I mean, if you showed this, like I sometimes like when people ask me what I do, like, oh, like what's your podcast about? I'll tell them like Star Wars stuff. But like I show them like some pictures like, oh, look, toy photography. If you've never seen it, like here's some people like so I'll like. If we're talking about like toy photography, I'll show, I'll bring up like, you know, one six or work more or less Sir dork, like some of the, like the really high quality stuff. And then like people who are friends of the show. But like, if I ever bring up like Lego photography, I'm going to go straight to like Tong Wars and Brick oh, Panda yeah. and, and yeah. Ray, you know, uh, the numbers 
numbers. Let's we'll call them numbers. Oh, that's right. right. I haven't seen 030307 OLO REY in a long yeah, time. Yeah. I, I hope they're okay or they just stop tagging because that, that's what it is. It's not like we we purposely block people or no, don't yeah. show stuff. It just these days, if, if you're not tagging us or we don't see your stuff in the feed to put a like on it, we're not going to see it. Period. It's just Ray, it Ray hasn't posted since uh, August 15, 2021. Right, so well, he's been out. Hopefully the they're all right. But yeah. real quick story that you, you brought up the show and telling friends about it so you know my kid she's five and a half almost six starting to understand life much more yeah and sweetest thing yesterday like it it touched me when uh we were talking about daddy's star wars work and in the show and she's like well who's your boss (laughs) i said well well daddy's probably the boss of the star wars time show and nick she looked at me like holy (laughs) shit my dad." (laughs) <laughs> He's a boss of like they're on YouTube and talking yeah. about like it, it was like it was it was very sweet but you know in my dark soul I'm like well like you don't understand one day she'll learn that I'm just one day she'll realize I'm just a fucking loser in my basement and that's gonna suck but <laughs> it's now. pretty sweet when your kid yeah when your kid thinks you're like something special because you you say you're a boss of something and they can see you on YouTube uh, so I thought that was pretty sweet yeah but that is. So she's she, like I said, she's she's starting to understand the world a bit more, but clearly doesn't understand that just because her dad's in the basement on YouTube doesn't mean jack shit. <laughs> like yeah. it's literally her dad's in a basement on YouTube talking to a couple hundred people a week. The so, opposite. But of cool. That's why that's why I love her. She made me feel she made me feel special for yeah. like a nanosecond. There you go. That's all. That's all that matters though. Is if those around <laughs> you think you're cool. Dude, I wish you get a saw. She's like you're the boss of the star Wars show. And he's like, Whoa, my dad, it really is something special, <laughs> but we all know that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Cute moment. This next one, dude, like, this come on, just this one, this next one from uncanny figures, yeah. like, give me a break. Add uncanny figures on IG. This is next. Like, this looks like this was a shot taken for like the entertainment weekly fucking behind the scenes yeah. spotlight Le- Leibowitz like you know when like when Leibowitz yeah. goes to a production I think the last one she did was TLJ where you know she takes really nice photography of the characters in their costume that's exactly what uncanny figures achieved here with the Mandalorian uh in Grogu inside the Razor Razor Crest yeah fuck that being a figure you have no clue that's a figure no. and there's there's one thing I want to tell you just so you you know what this is this is that quarter scale figure Okay. Okay, so it's it's large, but still, I mean, look at the how this was composited together to make it look like this figure was in the actual Razor Crest. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the level of detail that Uncanny Figures puts in the shot is just mind blowing. Like you're talking about like full, like like basically like full replica of this this section of the Razor Crest. The, the level of detail that he put into just making the background is pretty insane. And then obviously like the, the key poses with Mando and Grogu or Mando and Grogu. And I don't know, man, like I saw this and I was like blown away. I was like, this is a set pick. This isn't, this, there's no way that this can be toys. But then obviously, you know, Uncanny Figs, we know what he does. And like this shit was just fucking wild, man. No, Tones, I Tones, I do not think this is practical background. I really don't. Yeah. Like 
there's no way. Like, I mean, hopefully Uncanny listens because I know they have in the past. And we, we've we've gushed about this artist before. And they've actually said, like, I don't get a ton of likes because people think I'm just like throwing up promo art. Yeah. And I believe Uncanny is like one of the bloggers that gets figures early to take really great pictures for Hot Toys to then distribute. But unless Uncanny comes on and tells us otherwise, I do believe this is a fully composited background. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's it, like, I, I think that the gun's practical, the figures there, Grogu's there, but I, I don't know. I, I think I, everything I believe else. The background is, is digital and, and composited. Yeah. In. The, the only way that, that I think you can tell is if you look like right under his leg, like where the leg right. that he's got picked up, like you're trying can, to make it look like he's sitting on the ledge. Yeah. Right? Like just the tiniest bit. That's the only way you can tell that it's not real, but it looks so realistic that I can see that why people would be like, Oh, this is just like a yeah. picture from, the, it's, from it's the crazy. Show. Like, I mean, again, one of the best, if not the best compositors, like not, not doing like the crazy stuff like Kenobi one, two does, but just, I mean, just just pull up the account. Like the name, everything looks like an official product image that someone yeah. paid him to do to sell the product. Yeah, like the plain and simple. His name is appropriate because the shit that he does is uncanny to what you would Truly. see like in the fucking show. So Truly. Uh beautiful stuff. At uncanny figures. He's a, a lecturer and digital artist over there in the UK. So quality, quality, quality. UK. I mean, look, at, look at the poster. The, the the poster he just made looks like the actual posters they send out with the actual actor standing in it yeah yeah he's got a a mandalorian poster it looks just like what disney would put out as official marketing material i mean the dude is he's on he's on the next level when it comes to compositing photo work like this it's It's ridiculous ridiculous um and then the last one for for top five this week is just so glad to see uzu pop back up like randomly pop back up in the feed yeah uzuri art at u-z-u-r-i-a-r-t on instagram and this this uh uh piece of art here that he whipped up is just something special i mean you see uh padme uh full full black dress regalia what was this from? Because we've seen her in this getup before. I think it's the Attack of the Clones date outfit at yes. the dinner table. I, I believe. I, I think it. Yeah, I think you're right there. And then, but like, then I like, wish I, I wish I wish I wish I wish I wish I could wish that it all away. Oscar worthy scene there. <laughs> the, that is a, some of the best written dialogue in Star Wars. I wish I could wish, wish it all like yeah. what the fuck. You can see why everybody. <laughs> immediately loved the and I, I, dude i still <laughs> contend they removed the line in in sith where kenobi says oh we're jedi we're smarter than we're this smarter. I, I i swear it's not in there anymore really because they realize like this this could be the dumbest fucking line dude, he, any he jedi definitely says said. it in the ray shields like okay All he right. definitely says i still have the old blu-rays <laughs> so bad so like i still have so the We'll have to. I have to oh, go back and watch. Oh, they, how could this happen? We're Jedi. We're smarter than this. It's like, well, no, you're not, because Clearly. you sound like a fucking asshole. Clearly not. But anyway, this this image here is just absolutely incredible. So what we see Killer. is full full black regalia, Padme up front. You can see tears kind of streaming down her face. Oh, yeah. But then in the background, kind of superimposed in this smoky looking kind of image, is full Darth Vader. And then just like the way that he towers over her, the smoke in the background, and then just like her face in this image is just so just sad. It's emotional. the sadness. Like yeah. you can see it. Yeah. You can even feel the sadness in Vader and he's got a fucking helmet on. You can't see his eyes. I mean, it's, this is just beautiful work. And it's 
Who knows what style of real ass paint this is? Maybe Devin knows, but just, I mean, look at how it's illustrated. I, I love how it's almost like it's just like quick brush strokes, but it, it still forms the appropriate skin tones, lighting. It, it's wild. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uzu Reart, if you check out their page here, don't, not yeah. sure if it's male or female. It's kind of hard sometimes, yeah, like, depending on the handle. Not sure. Uzu, All right. Yeah. Uzuri Heart seem Commissions. Like, seem like. she, uh, they do commissions. It says commissions waitlist open. Awesome stuff. I mean, like, even if you look at the most recent, you have the, the, the hooded Boba Fett that we saw from episode two. You have uh, Black Kirsten Stan, and then you have, uh, you have Star Killer with uh with Vader kind of superimposed in the background as well. I mean, this guy yeah. we, even even I Whit, can't get the Whit, page to pull up. But yeah, oh well. it took a while to load for me too. But even there Whit we were, go, there we go. Like Whitworth dropped a uh, a comment on the on the most recent shot that he put up with uh with Star Killer, uh Gallon Merrick, and I mean like per the the truly the Santi amazing. the Santi pictures like shit yeah i mean this shit is literally like i need to go through and do a a mass like fest here to get uzu back in our feed because they don't tag which is fine but i I want to see this they're a big account they're a big account so kind of see but yeah and they also have like multiple focuses like they'll do like overwatch they'll do marvel they'll do like a ton of different stuff even a little league of legends dropped in here with arcane um so I mean, truly incredible Damn. artwork here from me. I wish Missouri. I had talent, like talent of <laughs> any, talent. any kind. You yeah. know what I mean? Like This had talent. I of honestly, something. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can say with a straight face, I don't really have any talents. Yeah. No, I, this I shit, <laughs> th- this is, this is real talent. Like it's still, I know we've said it a million times on this dumb show. It blows my mind that motherfuckers out there, us animals, cause that's what we are. We are animals can do this shit with their mind and their hands. It yeah. just makes zero sense to me. Beautiful. Unbelievable. For sure. So it really is. It's like back in the day where they thought scientists were like witches. I mean, that, I it's same, <laughs> same shit to me with this stuff. Like they're, they, they've sold something to some higher being or cosmic force that allows this to come out of their fingertips. Yes. So beautiful, beautiful stuff from at yep. Missouri art and, that's the end of the top five, and that's the end All of right. the show for this week. It was a longer show than we expected, but hey, that episode of uh, of Book of Boba Fett was was worth it. So good stuff. All right, Matt, take us take yeah, us we've home. Been, we've been we've been leaking a little bit, but yeah. it's a little bit of the times because you know Nick and I we we bullshitted for a minute and threw up our hey we'll be here yeah. drink a coffee sign <laughs> until like two thirty five. But either way, as Nick said, it, it, we have just put E195 to bed. It was a fun one. It was a good one. Young Nick got angry, which means it was a, l- <laughs> a lively show. I mean, any anytime the young one gets upset, it's always funny for me unless, uh, you know, we're angry at each other. But when I'm just watching him get mad for, for, you know, because he's a fan and he has his opinions and it was great. And I think the live stream audience appreciated too, Nick. So bravo on your performance today. Thanks. Quite, a, quite a show from young Nick. Uh, if, if you like what you, if you like what you heard, if you are new here or if you are an existing fan and you need some more lines of bull, to sell to people to get them to come over here to the Star Wars Time Show. Just talk about when Nick gets a little upset on the show. It's a great moment to watch. Some fans laugh, some fans cry, some fans shudder in fear. You just do not know where he will go when he starts to travel the dark path. 
All right. If you do want to stick around and, and check out more of the show, maybe dive into the archives a bit, the best resource for that is StarWarsTime.net. That's right, people. StarWarsTime.net. It's free. It's on the internet. All you got to do is type in Star Wars Time Show and you will find it. Or if you want to take the long way, Star Wars Time, period, N-E-T, will get you there. And why do you want to go there? Well, you can always kind of check in on the topics we may be talking about on the weekly show, which we do every Tuesday for the stream with the podcast-only version coming out on Wednesdays, which is also a reason to go to StarWarsTime.net because you can find all of our podcast platforms. If you're already on a platform and you have not give us a rating or review yet, we would ask you to kindly do so. We also love when, you know, you all promote us or pitch us in your stories. Tell us how we're the best podcasts out there. Keep it up. You never know which other rubes or suckers you may be able to pull into this little lovely gathering of like-minded, uncivilized Star Wars fans on a weekly basis. So all you need in your tool belt to sell the show is StarWarsTime.net. That's it. It's where we're at. It's where the home is. All the platforms are there. You can even get to YouTube without even going to YouTube. StarWarsTime.net. Scroll down. Find our little fat faces. Click on the subscribe button and you will get the keys to the kingdom. Just don't forget to click on the bell so you're notified of our weekly live stream. Or when we're in season... My dumbass will typically cut up and do some uh, videos on Star Wars comics or these days breakdowns on the book of Boba Fett. So if you can't wait to hear the gospel of Matt and what he thinks about the most recent episode of the book of Boba Fett, you got to get subbed up to the YouTube channel because that will be dropping tomorrow morning after I get up way too early to watch some Star Wars. Remember, my friends, there is always time for Star Wars time. Okay? That's all you gotta know. If you keep that with you, you will do well in life. You will be entertained or at least angered once a week because there's always time for Star Wars time. And don't forget, my friends, if you do listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always. Always.